Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Day. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Uh, just like in every time travel episode of Star Trek, uh, the whole time I'm going to be saying, we don't have time for this. There's no time. Don't you get it? Yeah, we're starting about 45 minutes late, <laughs> and it's late where you are. You know, it's not a good time to be starting. Uh, one of these, one of these fucking stinkers. You said the boy gets mischievous at bedtime now. Yeah, he tried to escape his bedroom like four separate times. Katie asked if he runs away. Yeah, he's very... Uh, he discovered two or three weeks ago that he's like... He's actually the best walker and runner. He went ah. from refusing to do it for ages and ages, even though we all knew he could do it, to being like, yeah, actually, I'm gonna fucking dust you guys. And Sudden confidence. Yep. I don't know what happened. And um, so, yeah, he just tries to escape now, so we're gonna... We're going to come up with a new solution, I think. Not like a final one, but like a new one. That's good. You know? It's good that it's not a final solution. No, it'll, there'll be some iterating, I assume. So, by the way, how cocky were the Nazis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they thought they were going to get it right in one. Yeah, huh? we figured it out, everybody. We're, we're right here at the end of the journey, idiots. All right, well, well since we've already a... done some final solution talk, why don't we jump into the mailbag? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Grip it. Grip it and rip it. Um, On August 3rd, Ryan wrote, At Brother Date, I can't speak for all six of your listeners, but I think some of your best bits are when you apply 21st century corporate nonsense to Star Trek situations. Uh, What were we saying? That that Twitter did something that reminded us of a Star Trek? What were we talking about? I mean... We did a we did a long jag on performance reviews that he enjoyed, oh, and then right. in the last mailbag we talked about. Yeah, I mean, we've been working. We we experienced all of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's I don't know if it's funny or if it's just therapy. <laughs> yes, because we've all had to. We all been in the working world, and uh, no one has ever liked it. I mean, if someone likes it, no. there's some. Seriously, fucking wrong with them. There's not a lot to like about it. Um, you know, if you're not a company man like Ryan. <laughs> I, we've always said this. Ryan loves to be included, and maybe that includes uh, employment. Maybe he feels included. I think it does. Like in company culture and things like that. Was he like, um, was he a big rah-rah high school guy too? I didn't... Um... I only knew of him in high school. Oh, okay. We were in the ROTC together, but I didn't do extracurriculars. My extracurriculars were playing the guitar for four hours and then Mario Kart for four hours <laughs> at Rick's house every day. So <laughs> I didn't actually meet him till high school was over. Okay. Well, whatever. <clears throat> um, 
Also on the third, he writes at Brother Date, apparently even in the 24th century, non-black people can't stop creepily asking to touch black people's hair. Even black Klingons. Yeah. The uh, mod out there just, oh, I, I always like cutting Klingon hair. It's so thick and luxuriant. Man, I would have grabbed that guy too. And like, Yo, your Listen. racism is emanating powerfully off of you. Listen, he's from a different planet. And they don't, they ain't even got hair there. So the whole thing, the whole shit is new to him. <laughs> but like, yeah, someone's got to sit Mott down and have a talk about it. Yeah, like, listen, man, this is some of that blue privilege that we're always trying to tell you about. And you are always act like you, well, oh, I wasn't privileged. I had, to, I had six brothers and we all lived in the same room. And it's like, yeah, that's how, don't fool me. That's how the Bolians do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. You can't just fool me into thinking you weren't privileged, Mott. We let you wreck up our bathrooms, <laughs> and we let you cut our hair, even though you're total perverts about it. And uh, just a real so, gossip. Ugh. I don't want to hear about it from you. Yeah. Uh, also on August 3rd, Ryan writes, Blazer Glory. Yeah. 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 I never even saw that. That was something I heard from you, that that was a thing that was real. It's embarrassing. I haven't checked lately to see if it's still doing that or if, you know, word got back to him that he was being laughed at. I don't think he likes to be laughed at. Well, then he's doing everything wrong. All of it. Yeah. <sighs> we don't have time right, for we'll this. More, no time. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we don't have any time. On August 4th, Ryan writes, there comes a point in the game where the Dramora merchant is super handy. I would say it's a shame you have to buy the Dragonborn add-on to use it, but who's not going to buy the Dragonborn add-on? Exactly. Exactly. Who's not going to buy it? I mean, the real shame about the Dragonborn add-on is the terrible bug that means sometimes Mirok becomes unkillable and your whole game is busted. Oh, whatever. I've had a busted Skyrim before. It's kind of cute, really. <laughs> Remember when I was that vampire who wouldn't good. feed? I bring it up all the time. That's a very good attitude to have with Starfield coming out. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be cute in so Isn't many it's ways. It's kind of cute when it's busted. That game's going to be cute as fuck, man. That's my expectation All the also. things that won't work, especially since I am planning to play it pretty close to release. Oof. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a mess. Well, it's jank. It's going to be so jank. But cute, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely playing it before there's like an unofficial patch mm -hmm. that fixes all the problems is going to be fun for sure. Yeah. yeah, I had a great run on that one Skyrim save until my vampire went, I'm not eating people anymore, it's wrong. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh but what are we going to do? Because when we come to town, everyone hates us and attacks us. And my guy was like, that's on you, man. And then I had it to kill every NPC a... in the game. Yeah, when there was a cutscene and it was showing like one of them jacked up Skyrim beehives or something, but the but the text just said you need to read the Bible. That's right. Yeah, like I was like I was the problem. Yeah. Well, your vampirism is is well. Known. I didn't want to be a vampire. I caught it from a vampire's thrall or something, or maybe a vampire lord or whoever casts the vampire shit on you. And then I just yeah. didn't cure it fast enough. And then my guy was like, "But I'm not gonna do it." I'll die first. <laughs> Fuck. That is cute. Um, also on August 4th, Ryan writes, no, I was sarcastically asking how old he was in the show at that point. 
As you originally suspected. Again, he was eight or whatever. Yeah, he was eight, man. <laughs> he just was just played by a 24-year-old. <laughs> Literal weeks have passed since the last time I said he was eight. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy what they did. They took a TV trope of aging up babies, and they just took it to the f- fucking furthest extreme. Yeah, they really made the decision that he's no one cares. a literal soldier now. Not like and in this despite... week's TNG we'll talk about where he's a child soldier. That's right. <laughs> he is a child soldier. <laughs> they recruit Alex Sitton. Yo, man, we gotta talk about it. I don't have time for this uh, mailbag. We, we have to talk about we'll TNG. Get to, we will get to the way we'll talk about it, but of course he recruited Alexander. Alexander's a little thief. <laughs> and he needed thief-like activities and skills. He needed a little sneak. In this group. A little sneaky piece of shit. And you know he's only caught... Ah, all right, we are going to talk where about is the, anyway. Where's the deleted scene where he said we needed a sneaky little shit to stop these sneaky little shits? It's a good question. Um, man. In, uh, in the modern era of streaming, you ain't never seen no deleted scenes. No. And in the TV era, you never saw them. It was just during yep. that golden period of DVDs when it was like... Yeah, you get all the all right, we got the new shit. Let's watch all the deleted scenes and commentaries. Yeah, all the deleted scenes and extended versions and all that shit that now everyone's back to not seeing again, for sure. So I'm like, I'm glad that we got that for news radio so that you could hear Andy Dick. <laughs> exclaim tears. over and over again saying, they hate me. They hate me. <laughs> Couldn't believe how much the other characters hated his character. Because, of course, it's all a blur to him. He did not remember making that show. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, That is a shame. It's a shame that deleted scenes and commentary and stuff hasn't made it along. Yeah, that should be like a Netflix option. It should be at the end of after the episodes in the season, there should be like deleted scenes. One deleted, you know, you should be able to go in there and stream those puppies. It, but you know that was stuff they produced. Netflix, show us your puppies and stuff they produced in package to sell DVDs. Right when it was like, I don't know, do, why do I need to buy DVDs of The Simpsons? It's constantly on TV, <laughs> right? And it's like, but what about commentaries? And you're like, I do want to hear what those nerds have to say. <laughs> yeah, I guess I want to hear what they had to say about Millhouse. Uh, back on the Skyrim topic, Ryan says. You know, I only became the chief or whatever of the Thieves Guild on, like, my third or fourth playthrough. Didn't know about the reputation quests. Yeah. They're not fun, is why. The reputation quests aren't fun. No. No, they're not. Like, you do the Thieves Guild missions, and then then you go talk to whoever to get some more missions. You're like, I don't really want to do that. Don't make me do that. I did the main, I did all the main ones. Just leave me alone. I found the guy down in the rat way <laughs> so that he can become the dragon. He can help me become the dragonborn or whatever because he was one of the blades. Don't I don't need to go any further, please. Yeah. Um, on the seventh, Ryan reminisces. Oh, man, I miss Toaster Strudel. I should buy some for myself. It's still in stores. That one ain't gone away. Yeah, though we did. We did wonder whether the package you saw was the last package on Earth. Well, that was those fucking toaster scrambles. Oh, okay. That's even crazier that you saw one of those. That's yeah. even crazier. We ate them. What are you talking about? And were they uh, cold in the middle, even though you, you're sure you put them in for long enough? You were you were morally certain that those were in long enough, and when you pulled them out, they were piping hot and burned your hand, and then you took a bite, and it was just cold egg in the middle? No, we had a pretty good toaster. All right. Uh, rest in peace, pretty good toaster that we had for... 
I don't know, 14 years. Wait, did uh, it die right after oh, the toaster? I probably scrambles? had that toaster before. I mean, Katie the toaster scrambles? No, but um, my but my dear wife, the love of my life, <laughs> does have a tendency to put odd things in the toaster. Oh. Like, for instance, a dildo? She discovered that you can make a toaster quesadilla. Oh, well, sure. Of course you could. If you don't mind stuff getting you, all on the bottom. If you fold up your tortilla right and stick it in the toaster. Uh, yeah, you're still going to get some leakage been, out of that side, though. Uh, you know, it's, it worked out pretty good. It is risky, for sure. Okay. It works a little bit better if you kind of microwave it first to melt the cheese and then just use the toaster to crisp up the outside. Oh, it's the opposite of when, like, you brown something in the pan first and then you throw it into a slow cooker or whatever. Yeah, it's more of a reverse sear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you gotta put a reverse sear on, used... your, on your toaster quesadillas. She put some kind of, uh... Some kind of special bread in there. I forget what it was. Um, but, you know, it was like a piece of lavash or something thin. Okay. And it got jammed in there in a way that, A, created a lot of smoke, and B, made it so that although the toaster still functioned, it would no longer, if you pushed it down, it wouldn't stay down anymore. So you'd have to stand there and hold it uh, until you thought the toast was done. No, that's after one 30 second fucking run of that i'd go this toaster's in the trash fuck that yeah that's what ended up happening we just got another toaster but and it may be good it just you know it doesn't have the doesn't have the reputation yet of the old toaster which was pretty solid and did an okay job on those toaster scrambles yeah right now a lot of unfair comparisons are being made between this toaster and the old toaster it could be the next this this toaster brand new you know barring injury it's on track to be the next that old toaster, uh, which is just too much pressure, I think, to put on the toaster for sure. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think you can still just get toaster strudel, although it might be a thing where there's only like one flavor now. I mean, I, it never made sense that there. What, what did they have? They had the they had the apple. I feel like there was like a raspberry. They had a raspberry. They had a strawberry. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, any kind of thing had a jam chocolate, would work, I think right? they had a chocolate one, too. Was there a chocolate toaster was strudel? a chocolate toaster strudel at one point in time. You know our dad would have hella fucking picked that up. Oh, he yeah. liked those nasty chocolate hand pies, too. <laughs> he did. So you guys got a TikTok channel or what for all these Look, recipes? You do, you listen, do TikToks? I'm not, a, I'm not a proud man, and occasionally I do eat a hand pie. <laughs> but... And then, now as then, my preference is always lemon. Yeah, yeah. Some lemon curd, that seems to um, translate to the mass-manufactured hand pie a little bit better. (laughs) The lemon curd. We should start a TikTok with recipes. Yeah, TikTok that shit, man. I'll do probably uh, 40 or 50 little rants about how every kind of Pop-Tart now is frosted mm-hmm. and the frosting is so terrible so i can only ever eat strawberry pop tarts because it's the only one that comes unfrosted this is good this is a good start it's good stuff to a tiktok but make sure you put in all that stuff about the reverse sear that's important oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, well i don't do that for a pop tart why not because give it a try because they're fine cold microwave unlike, it first unlike and eggs. then put it in the toaster <laughs> see how it turns out <laughs> Uh, on August 9th, Ryan wrote, I also favor City Lights. That's our local 
one of our local theater companies. Mm, I thought he was talking about how he was uh, he was on the same boat as old man uh, Daniel Day Kim, just uh, just sitting out there in his bad makeup <laughs> in their fancy advanced city, suddenly watching Voyager blip out. Yeah. How many nights do you think he went out there? Like every night? <laughs> every night forever until it finally went out. And then his extremely muted reaction. He's, he's yeah. like, oh, that was anticlimactic. Oh. I for sure would have missed the night. Like I would have gone out there and it would be gone. And I'd go, oh, I've been doing this for years. Or they could see it in the daytime. So I just would have walked outside the next day and been like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. They zipped out while I was asleep. I fucking knew it. You know what? I don't actually care. I guess it was all FOMO after all. What a fucking weird ending that was. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that episode went its week. Oh, I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's technicality. the episode that won on the, on the tie. <laughs> it's extreme tie of ties. Extremely embarrassing win of a tie for with 17 points. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they did win. I wonder if we'll have a tie again this week, because we did last week, too. I hope so. We should have only ties from now on. Let's try to get a three-way tie if we can. Okay, I'll see what we Again, can do. I didn't put my thumb on the scales in week 130, and I, <laughs> now I feel like I should have. Because they would have won, uh, too, because that would have meant me throwing an extra point onto schisms right at the end there. And they would have had a oh, five the three, in that characterization, the and they would have been the winner. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, on August 10th, Ryan writes, I had the same questions about whether you even can actually quit your job and avoid your situation. Janeway's obligation as the captain would absolutely have been to refuse his resignation. Yeah, we got one doctor. Yeah, remember she knew no one could ever love him, so she was like, "Yeah, you know what? Let's let this play out." <laughs> That's true. It was. I understand it was a calculated risk, but I, you know, I think she would have been well I, within her rights to say, "We have exactly one doctor, and you've seen me. I will wipe you a hundred percent. I'll just wipe you, yeah. even if I tell you right now, yes, you can go. I'm just gonna walk right over to your fucking control panel." I'm going to wipe you're you. You're definitely going to forget that you were ever a star. That's right. Yeah, I might not have to wipe all of you if we're if it's granular enough. Yeah, I might I just might... wipe the last five days. <laughs> yeah, I might done. just knock out some recent entries and then uh, tell you we got attacked by the, uh, uh boy, the Vaudoir or something. And uh, How'd you figure it out last time? Oh, you recognized your own surgical technique on someone? Uh, well, I'm going to... I guess uh, no one, everyone unimportant better hope they didn't have any surgeries in, during the last five days. Cause, uh, it's like, hey, spoiler alert, you ain't been doing nothing but uh, walking around signing autographs for the last five days, so I don't think we're going to have that problem again. You yeah, I had to shit. yell at you to go do your job. Yeah, it was crazy uh, that, she even, that she even let him try to leave. Yep, she shouldn't even have considered but again, it. But they you know should what? have let him Whatever. go and then recruited an alien doctor. Oh, yeah. Would have been way better. She should have traded him straight up for this society's best doctor. Yeah, he would have been five foot four, but what, you know, who cares? Five foot four and a real asshole, and you would have gone, nah, this was a lateral move. <laughs> traded <laughs> one fucking asshole for another one. I don't want to watch him. Yeah, but you can trade that guy down the line, you know? Yeah, you just trade him contracts. You don't got to keep him forever. He's an expiring contract. Yeah. Uh, sad day on August 11th when you retweeted Jose Canseco. <laughs> Who tweeted, Jose Canseco, Showtime car washes up for sale. Contact my partner, Zach White, at 805 <laughs> This is all the <laughs> There's no punctuation in that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just one long. Yeah. I hope he doesn't sell his uh, Twitter account. 
Oh, yeah. If I see that message go up there, you want to buy my Twitter account, contact my partner, Zach White, at 805-402-5059. I'm going to be very <laughs> You upset. might throw as much as $1,000 at That'll it. That'll get me. Well, actually, I would kind of like to own it just so that I can preserve it. A shrine to what Twitter used to be. Um. Oh, just one more. Well, hey, the mailbag's almost done. because I don't have time for this. You retweeted Johnny Big Balls at Wyatt Privilege on a... Uh, well beloved tweet from October seventh, twenty nineteen. <laughs> that uh, in the form of a script, uh, the doctor says, "I've written your prescription here. Follow that, and let's check in next week. It should help with your symptoms, but if it doesn't, we'll know more." And then a chiropractor sprinting to double kick you in the neck, saying, "Say goodbye to IBS." Is <laughs> <laughs> a cl- it is a classic tweet. I'm just like to bring out the classics every once in a while because the whole platform is about to die. So, yeah, let's all just pull one out <clears throat> for Johnny Big Balls. <laughs> yeah, man. Say once the platform is gone, who's gonna know that? <laughs> Take that, chiropractors. <laughs> you know, people have been taking you down a peg. I'm not gonna say they haven't been. They've definitely been trying to take you down a peg for a long time, but it's always well deserved. Yeah, there's more pegs. Yeah, there's, there's more still, pegs to go. You've got room to fall still. There's pegs left. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it for the mailbag. If you want to get in contact with us, we're uh, at Brother Date on Threads. Has anybody sent uh, us anything on any of the other platforms? No. All right. But you know, I did see that uh, that half from New York uh, boosted our last Mastodon post. Oh, yeah, I don't even really know what that... I mean, from context, I think I understand what that means, but I don't know what that means. You think it's the equivalent of what we would have called a retweet? Okay. All right. Then just call it a retoot. Oh, yeah, a retoot. <laughs> they should have called it a, a retoot. toot again or something. Oh, a toot again. Uh, yeah, toot again's a good one. Uh, yeah, toot again. Uh, but yeah, no actual messages incoming, but we are on Mastodon also. We're at brotherdata10forward.social. If you're not, you know, on the BBC Macedon instance with which we do not federate. Hey, man, how come you haven't uh, put another Instagram post up? Um, I just went to check well, it. I mean, listen, we're about to get into it, but it was an extremely bad crop of episodes. <laughs> and at no point during any of them did I feel like stopping and taking a screenshot. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It was just like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a, sure I probably haven't liked the latest post. So I jumped on <clears throat> I'm sure somebody rolls their eyes about something in one of these episodes or whatever, but like, uh, I didn't have it in me this week. It was mostly me rolling my eyes this week. Yeah. Should have screenshotted me. Well, shit, without further ado, let's discuss the episodes from week 132 Mm. and rate them and rank them. Yeah. According to our rubric. Spank them. In reverse order from their finishing order last week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, no, let's talk first. about Voyager first. <laughs> I told you, I don't I'm have just fucking trying, time for this. I'm just trying to get a little bit of energy for this project. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Voyager first. This week, we watched Memorial. Voyager. I named my notes this week. What, though? Huh? Uh, all right. Harry Kim is mad about dirty plates in the replicator, but it's because he's cranky about this two-week away mission they're on. It's, he's on a shuttle. It's him, TP, Neelix, and Chaco. You know, the the cool crew. 
and uh, they finally get back to Voyager. They've been hauling dilithium ore around, I guess. And they're met by uh, Balana and Shmolus. And after they uh, shake off Shmolus, Balana shows TP her cool gift that she got him while he was away. It's a TV set from the 1950s that she built herself. Yeah. Yeah. TP gets all swept up in it and becomes a couch potato. I was waiting for the steaks here, but uh, <laughs> just right when I went, where are the steaks? Uh, TP was watching a weird gunfight on the TV. Kind of war movie or something, but then oh my god, wait, he's a character in the program. What credits suddenly? Uh, TP is like in the fight, nullying Hella Nemeses. Yes, and Balana wakes him up from I guess what seems like a dream. And TP blames the TV, he says, You're bad, TV, and he turns it off. But that's not what's causing it, because then Harry Harry Kim is in the J-tubes fixing something in the next scene when he starts to have the same hallucination. Shmalis tells him he's so tired. You know about hallucinations uh-huh. in Star Trek. Uh-huh. Yep. Even when you do the right thing in Star Trek and you go to talk to the doctor. They say everyone has them all the like, time. You're tired. Hallucinations are normal and you're tired. <laughs> you're very normal. If you're tired or a little stressed or whatever, you're probably going to hallucinate. Like nine times out of ten. Neelix is having a freak out in the kitchen when the Wildman baby shows up to ask for help with a school project. I didn't ask what school. She uh, School's gotta be just her. It's just her. She's the only baby on the ship. She burns her hand. Is, is her teacher her mom and that's why we never see her with her mom? Because she's like, I'm, I uh, saw school's you all out, I gotta day. get away from this lady. Yeah, I was with this bitch all day. I'm gonna go and pretend to be a Starfleet officer or whatever. She burns her hand on one of his huge fucking cauldrons, and um, he goes full nom flashback at that point. Yeah, it's bad. He thinks he sees Charlie. He's like, you're not going to hurt this girl, and he's shooting fucking phasers at people and weird shit. Then we see Chaco dreaming about the same fight, but doing Chaco stuff in the fight, trying to stop senseless killing. Mm-hmm. But he's awakened by Tuvok, so that he can help with Neelix's little freak out in the kitchen. Again, little freaks firing phasers and shit. Uh, Chaco starts talking about Savdra and the colony and all kinds of shit <laughs> from their weird shared dream. So for once, a Starfleet officer put this shit together pretty quick and didn't just go, oh, well, you know how stress makes everyone in the galaxy hallucinate. At least Chaco <laughs> said, oh, we must be having the same dream. This is something happening here. Yep. Um, Neelix gives up and they take him to sick bay. Chaco explains that they had the same dream and eventually they corroborate with Harry and TP as well. And everyone on the away mission has been affected. They have a schisms type meeting where they unearth the details of their shared hysteria. Schisms did it better. Yep. Um, go ahead. Some more flashbacks about the operation. They were forcibly evacuating some colony. These guys were called the Nakan. And some colonists attacked them, and everybody panicked and started shooting everything. Except Harry, who went and hid in a little cave. And even he killed a couple of people in that cave. Anyway, they killed all the colonists, eventually. After uh, TP blows up at Balana for trying to help... Uh, Seven, Chaco, and Janeway are looking at the various Delta Flyer logs. And um, 
The instant they put a certain planet on the viewer, Janeway begins to have a flashback like the others. Yeah, that one's that's where the episode gets confused. I, I thought the image of the planet did it. Yeah. In this one, she's trying to get the others not to hide the evidence because they're like vaporizing these colonist bodies. Um, so she's also kind of doing, I, well, you know, Janeway loves murder. Maybe she wouldn't care. I was going to say she was doing Janeway stuff. Um, she wakes up in sick bay, But now Shmola says 39 people have come down with the same shit. Everyone's down and in a bad way. Seven gives fucking psychiatric advice to Neelix. And Voyager flies to uh, that dang old planet they saw that made Janeway lose it. Tarakis or something. Yeah, I mean, they all get a bunch of shots so that they don't have to do any more flashbacks. But yeah, then they head out there. Yeah, uh, I think I talk about it later in my notes. But like, there's a couple of scenes where they're all, everyone's together. All the people having the hallucinations and they're sitting in the like a dark ass lounge or whatever neelix's area i don't know where they are and i did i had no idea what the therapeutic use of that was but anyway (laughs) um uh anyway this planet's abandoned but they detect a power signature so they uh try to beam down near its coordinates and for some reason janeway's away team is full of the crazies the original ones, minus Neelix, but plus Tuvok. I mean, it's it's full of the crazies because she brings down her entire senior staff except for Bolana Torres. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seems like, like a they, dumb move. They don't usually all go on the away mission at once, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, we don't know the name of another person that she could have left in charge up there. I assume the ship's on fucking autopilot. Yeah, I guess it'd just be Schmollis. Schmollis would be the only other one. Who who pilots the ship when Harry Kim has the con? The was that Nansen? Oh, Did she get I a don't name? remember if she had a name. She just had a lot of lip though. Give well, they must have woke her up and put her in charge. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, these dudes are all nervous and twitchy. It's a great idea to take them down there. Only Tuvok seems sane. Uh Harry, Tuvok, and TP and some unknown yellow shirt. So at this point at this point I wrote R.I.P. in advance to that guy. Yeah, turns out he's fine, but still. Yep. Head toward the cave Harriet uh, dreamed about. Um, it's real. Um, Chaco and Janeway keep heading for the signal. In that cave, they find the remains of those people Harry nullied, but they're 300 years dead. So, uh, Janeway and Chaco find a big old monument. And then I said, oh, there you go. The memorial is a literal physical thing and not yes. like just the memories. How no. very enterprise of these writers. Or a petition to the Emperor. <laughs> right? Those yep. are called memorials, too. That's true. Anyway, it's sending off signals, so uh, anybody who passes by feels their guilt. They must have built another monument later to the bad things that came from this one, these fucking assholes. <laughs> Fuck these aliens, man. I didn't shoot anybody. Why am I being punished? Uh, but guess what, man? These dipshits get together... And they decide to leave this monument? Just at, just fix it and leave it as is there? To traumatize anybody who comes by. And then I yep. said, huh? Wait, huh? <laughs> Hold on. What? Wait, though. Wait, what? Huh? They go down and repair the fucker, and then they pay homage to the great monument of suffering, and then they fly out of this bitch. And I said, huh, again. What? 
was this one about? Are you interpreting all the symbols? That's not possible. Searching your subconscious for their meaning? There's nothing in there. <laughs> well, Matt, um, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> uh, the fundamental idea of this episode is that learning about past atrocities is worth the trauma to help prevent them from recurring. Yeah. Several characters and my brother voiced the idea that they weren't responsible for them, so why should they have to live through it? And Janeway says, so it won't happen again. And look, here it is. This is happening right now in Texas and Florida and other red states who are trying to stir up their base with the idea that acknowledging the horrors of slavery and colonization is an attack on innocent white children who weren't even alive when they occurred. And that removing them from the long-standing educational curriculum and spouting off about critical race theory. Well, anyway, that's what they're up to. It's the same shitty arguments. So how do you feel when they're coming out of your mouth? <laughs> it's weird to have Janeway on the right side of this one, but there we are. I gave it to seven. <laughs> well, we're very far off on this because the difference is they made them live it. Yeah, yeah. we will talk about execution. They had to live it. They had to. They just walked by, and then they were they were actually traumatized because they did the killing. They did it. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Voyager is still a bad show, and they did some things wrong here for sure. Well, well, I said everybody should be forced to relive physically relive terrible events from history because personal experience is the only way to ensure it never happens again. I gave it a zero. Because I said, I'll just flipping an execution. What does that even mean? Man, I've never done a massacre, and that's without the experience of having done one in my brain. I've done no massacres, and I have no memories of having done a massacre. And the memories of that massacre almost made Neelix do a massacre in the fucking mess hall. So what? Yeah, he had a very bad reaction to it, for sure. <laughs> he almost tried to do another one. Um... Yeah, I was baffled. Um, nobody mentions that time Tuvok had a parasite that made him have false memories of letting a kid <laughs> drop to their death from some cliff. That would have been the first thing it, I mentioned. It does not come up. They also don't talk about the uh, Seven of Nine's repressed memory scare. <laughs> yeah, about the uh, or uh, the one about the rapist even. Remember uh, when she drained right. up that rapist when she had to be alone? Yeah, <laughs> that sucked too. <laughs> They've had lots of false. False memories and images and feelings on this show. Yeah, the Voyager writers are particularly afraid of that, for sure. Uh, I thought it was very dumb that the memorial was also a physical monument that they found when the metaphor of the memories being the real memorial was, like, just right there. Why did we need the big obelisk or whatever to be the thing sending the signal? I don't know. When they found it, I was like, man, what the fuck? Um, a weird rehash of, uh, the one, like I said, with Tuvok's false memory, the Chaka one with the Nemesis, uh, Eye of the Beholder from TNG or whatever. It's just like, it's a thing that never happens and can't happen in real life. So why are there so many of these episodes? <laughs> why would you write it 10 times? It's a thing that's impossible. <sighs> I gave it a one. So I'm at a zero and a one. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, right. This episode also, of course, plays out every conservative's worst fear by forcing everyone to relive this in a traumatic way. Yeah. That's the dumb science fiction effect here at play. Yes. Right. They 
they had a clear statement and they made it, but then they did it in a hack way because they're hacks. Right. Now, in addition, they made me see bad dreams and hallucinations. Mm-hmm. They gave Tom Paris a TV and they didn't take it away from him at the end of the show. So he still has a TV. <laughs> I'm yeah, very but he worried about that. disappointed in the TV when he thought it gave him the bad dream. I don't know, I don't know. how much he's going to watch it. Seemed pretty jazz when he found out he could watch hockey. Oh, that's true. Um, everybody got PTSD and nobody had any idea how to treat it or deal with it. <laughs> no, they've never heard of it, I think. The best real-world example they could think of to put in Janeway's mouth when they're talking about whether they should leave this thing up or take it down was Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. As if Auschwitz has been plowed under in the future. <laughs> Maybe it has, man. Who knows what's No one can on. go there anymore, I guess, but you could still go to Gettysburg. Yeah. Where the tragedy was, you know, man, it was like families and shit. Yeah. Um, realistically, the sensor logs from the Delta Flyer should have cleared up what happened in a matter of minutes, but it takes days for some reason before they even get around to it. Yep. This is not a well-crafted piece of television. Uh, I gave it a three. What about world building? Ain't much. Voyager got some dilithium at the cost of two weeks of standing still. <laughs> waiting for the Delta Flyer to do some shit, right? And then, of course, I mean, the, resulting, Voyager... the resulting crisis afterward as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe Voyager wasn't standing still, but like, I assume they weren't making full steam towards the Alpha Quadrant with the Delta Flyer running around these systems. Yeah. I'm going to assume they had to go into caves to get this stuff, and that was their mistake. Oh, yeah. You should not go. You should never go into a cave if you're on the Voyager crew. Yeah. So, anyway, they made a. I guess they made a trade off here that they need. They needed dilithium badly enough to slow down. And also, we've learned that there is such a thing as the Kittimer obelisk. <laughs> so, you know. It's one for world building, and it's a very thin one. Yeah, I had a one as well. Uh, there's some away team protocol about medical checkups. Uh, Captain, Bath- if the mission's over two weeks, yeah. yeah. Captain Bathor of Hodos, Tarakis, <laughs> then this memorial, the Nakan. Yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, if it wasn't for that little bit about away team protocol, I probably wouldn't even have given it a one. <laughs> Uh, characterization. <clears throat> yeah, give it to me. TP ignores his devoted girlfriend the moment he has a TV, because oh uh, yeah, well <laughs> yeah, that's that's just TP we'll, stuff. We'll get to it in my quick hitters. <laughs> Later, she comes to comfort him, and he is shitty to her. But at least he's going through something that time, unlike every other time he's shitty to her, where he's just he's just being a piece of shit. Doesn't sound like a Tom Paris I know. Yeah. <laughs> Seven is out here working hard to cheer people up, making souffle and shit. What's going on with her? Uh, Janeway and Neelix make the worst possible decision and are clearly still under the influence of these memories, so somebody should have spoken up, huh? (laughs) Chaco's affected, but mostly just Chaco. Like, even in the fucking flashbacks, he's just being Chakotay. He's just like, now careful not to use the tricorder. (laughs) Uh, well, the obelisk cast him as a real Chakotay type. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we don't usually get one of these. Oh, look at 
this? We get to use this one for the first time. And fuck, it's been fucking 113 years since we got to use one of these. We get a lot of hairy cams, but we don't get a lot of this guy. Yeah, we get a to, lot of scared dudes who can murder someone in a cave. But. We've had to invent a lot of extra caves for people to go into in these memories. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like five guys from the same crew all got to go into caves. Um, uh, Not a lot here. I gave it a three. Uh, yeah. It's a three from me, too. Um, you know, Chakotay should believe he could have gotten involved in this war because he fought Crady Beasts once. <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got priors on this. <laughs> uh, and Neelix has seen and done stuff, too, so okay. Yeah. But really, it's odd that no one questions that the entire away team got into this alien military conflict in the middle of a survey mission. <laughs> That's on everyone. I mean, they everyone is very slow, except for the one thing that Chaco figures out, which is that we're having the same. We yeah. remember the same thing. But uh, other than that, everyone is everyone's the slow one this week. Um, this week we learn that Seven apparently feels guilt about her role in assimilating people. Yeah. And no one says to her you should go to therapy because that's something you can't really bear any responsibility for. Yeah. So, although she did, like a, she did, she did fucking pull one on those other three dudes when they were well, free she, for that minute. And she a went half. full chiropractor on him for sure. That one time. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one I might feel a little guilty about. <laughs> yeah. That's the one she's got to atone for. Uh, no one is awful. Uh, this week, except, of course, Tom Paris, who apparently shouts at people when he feels guilty. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I'll just say, because you, you said all that stuff about nulling people again. As soon as this flashback started, I went, oh, they're doing it again. Oh, it's these same guys, isn't it? We're just nullying people again, aren't we? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the fucking, it's the fucking Vori detachment, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You gotta turn them face down or face up. I forget which one they want. <laughs> one of them. The good one. Whichever one the crazy beasts don't like. Yeah. Uh, so three for me, but I have a few quick hitters. Go for it. Uh, I guess it's a good thing they got some dilithium and Voyer didn't just sit dead in space while Tom Paris scanned 15 planets, huh? <laughs> like, at least they got something out of it. Yeah. When Janeway puts in her logs. Also, we stopped here. And did a planetary survey. Yep. Um, as soon as Katie saw this TV, she said to me, so they're no longer trapped in the Delta Quadrant, right? <laughs> because how do you justify replicating this TV when there's so many other screens all over the ship you could just watch this on? Yeah. And uh, you know what? She's right, and I didn't know what to tell her. <laughs> I mean, obviously I had to tell her, oh, no, there. They're definitely still there. No, they've this is an like example 40, of They've the... gone like 40,000 light years, but that means they still got to go like another 30. It's This is an example of the many great decisions that they make on Voyager. Yeah. Or you could go I didn't I didn't get into this, but like also you could just go into the holodeck and watch TV. Sit in that hockey game probably, or you know, you could if you wanted to just invent a year that you had a household with a TV and maybe your kid uh -huh. is getting in with the Klingon violence gangs or whatever and you gotta lay down the law with that shit no Klingon music these are all perfectly valid options no yeah. Klingon food none of that why is this horse shit in Voyager's database 
Why has it got episodes of the Untouchables in it and an old hockey game? Why is Voyager carrying all that data? <laughs> it's got to be heavy. They probably at some point along the line were like, we should probably purge some of this information. And then no they remembered those, those fucking Mediterraneans who loved stories. And they're like, yeah. no, no, no. This is going to come in handy at some point. Someone's going to want to. Yes, give us more of these old hockey games, you call them. Um, I want to see hey, more this is on Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> This idea of Pittsburgh Penguins interests us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is on you, Bellana. There was a whole episode where it was impossible for anyone to tell that Tom Paris was under alien influence <laughs> because he's just like that. <laughs> and then you went and got him this distraction box? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, as much as it pains me to say this, uh, she really should have just replicated a Klingon sex swing. Yeah. When he got off there and she's like, you got a gift. And he's like, is it nasty? And she said, no. <laughs> I Like, I bet 15 minutes into watching this TV, she was like, I should have done the nasty one. At least you'd be done, done by nasty. now. At least you'd be yeah, done with the nastiness by now. He'd have to listen to me talk about my day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man, look, they all need therapy. But their only option is the EMH who... Uh, Needs therapy. So, yeah. They're, they're all fucked. Uh, and then I wrote, even when you see snakes in your bed and go to sickbay, they tell you it's just exhaustion, <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> um, Naomi Wildman comes in and tells Neelix she needs to build a tetragon out of household materials. And I said, huh. And I thought about it. <laughs> Is a tetragon just a quadrilateral? <laughs> I, it could be. It seems like a tetragon ought to mean four sides. Yeah. A four-sided object. So um, I don't know what it means to build one out of household materials anyway. But yeah, maybe just I, a, like a macaroni uh, picture. Maybe you literally just glue it to the page. and you, you look, Maybe. I made it. It's got four sides. I did it. I think Seven of Nine assigned this to her because she wanted her out of her hair for a while. <laughs> and laughed to herself. Go build a tetragon. Go find some materials around Voyager and go build a tetragon. Also, use vegetables. I don't care. Yeah, I was gonna say. Also, what are household materials on uh, the future Starship Voyager? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I use tritanium. <laughs> I went and got some tubes from engineering. I yeah, use engineering tubes. They're not just great for fighting. I made a quadrilateral. Um, schisms did it better. I already said that. Yeah. But I want to be specific that they did it better by not showing the abductions until after the reconstruction. Yeah. And they didn't show us like any it, of their bullshit memories. If they'd shown of us it. those tonberries earlier, yeah. it wouldn't have been as good when Riker and everybody were like, no, the table was way more fucked up. Well, I just like that no, they, this never table showed us, <laughs> they never showed us any of their dumb memories of it. There was no memory yeah. sequence in Schisms. There's the nope. part where they rebuild it, but we don't have to see what's in their fucking heads. It's all still left. You're still imagining it. And then, you yeah. get yes, you get to see the little dude shuffling around and getting blasted. But, yeah, you don't get it. no dumb flashbacks. Uh, I didn't look up who played him, but my boy Sovdra here looks a little bit like uh, MacGyver. <laughs> but like when he was in Stargate. Stargate MacGyver. Yeah, Stargate MacGyver. <sighs> When even pizza won't cheer you up, what is there left to do but shout at your girlfriend? 
Like, if I was having a real bad day and Katie was like, let's get pizza, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just get pizza. You're right. Let's just get pizza. I'll get it. I'll I'll eat hot pizza and I'll feel better. Yeah. But he's like, he screams right in her fucking face. Something about how she's a big pizza or something. It didn't make any (laughs) sense. (laughs) Hey, when Janeway starts having hallucinations... We know they're not real because she wasn't on the away team. So at this point, you can stop showing them to us. Yeah, I don't need to see them, for sure. I don't need to see her uh, arguing with the dude about whether or not to vaporize those bodies. (sighs) Ah, yeah, you can't just tell Janeway, maybe this is a bad idea. That's her favorite kind of idea. The bad guy? Like when they see that planet, and they're like, I don't think we should go there, though. (laughs) You can't. You gotta do something about that. You gotta do reverse psychology. No. (laughs) Yeah. Catherine, I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but I think we should go to that planet. Yeah. You know I respect well, I guess you, that's damn why it. I'm the captain. You know I respect you, but I have to tell you the truth. You don't want to hear it, but we've got to go to that planet. Just make a big production out of it. So she's like, we can't go. Um, at this point in the episode, uh, Katie asked if Seven was Naomi Wildman's mom, and that took some explaining. <laughs> well. It's very hard to be like, no, she's got a mom. Um, we ain't seen her. We ain't seen her in a year at this point, though. She's just always, she might live with Neelix, and I don't know why. <laughs> Seriously, the this girl's mom got the uh, got the Judy treatment from Family Matters. She just went upstairs and never came back down. Her mom's got like, I think her mom's got a series of boyfriends that she knows aren't really good dudes, and she doesn't. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really want him around Naomi, but then, like, yeah. but she's not, not going to date him. You so, get to have a sleepover uh, with, with Uncle Neelix again tonight. She lives with furry Uncle Neelix. Because Mama's also having a sleepover with my wrestling coach. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the popular choice of bad boy in the future. <laughs> well, I mean, we know Dax likes him. <laughs> Hey, this planet that's fucking with everyone's memories, there's like a weird unknown power signature. Who should we take down there? <laughs> oh, the entire senior staff except the chief engineer? <laughs> very cool. Also, we're all impaired in various ways right now? That's great. This is a good plan. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong down here. Just like the only person who you might want to take down if there was a weird power <laughs> signature. Just leave her behind and take the whole rest of the... Everyone who gets their name in the credits could come down. I think she refuses to beam down. She only will beam things directly next to the warp core. That's her... I, yeah, that's how you do it. That's that's how she fucking rolls. She's like, can you beam like a piece of the obelisk? Maybe just beam it into the warp core. Like, have it just rematerialize in the warp core. They um they rolled up on this obelisk, but neither Janeway nor Chakotay knew the magic phrase to enter Kirk to Enterprise. <laughs> if only they could have seen the secret chamber that controlled the, what was a communications device. No, there was, was it a, computers and reel-to-reel tape decks down there. Was and it stuff. a laser to stop asteroids? What the fuck was in that? Yeah, it was something like that. Because wasn't Enterprise running like a day ahead of the asteroid on the way back in or something? I think it was supposed to stop the asteroids from hitting them somehow. Or comets or whatever the fuck they were. Yeah, I love Enterprise reversing to that planet. (laughs) (laughs) For two months. (laughs) They did a huge time jump in that episode. Kirk lived like a whole fucking life down there, man. I mean, Kirok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirok had a whole situation down there while uh, well, Spock brooded in his quarters playing the harp. 
<laughs> there was precedent for Janeway's dumb, uh, it's very dark out there, I'm not coming out of my quarters <laughs> for two months thing. <laughs> yeah, but we know about Spock's powerful and deeply personal affection for Kirk. Yeah, it's true. Jan- what, Janeway didn't have none of that. No, she didn't even remember anyone else was out there, I think, after a while. No, I don't think Just so. Just Chaco who came to visit her every once in a while. Um, For some reason, Matthew, these memories are permanent and can never be erased. Yeah, Shmolos tells them they can't never get rid of these memories. They've wiped so many people's memories in so many situations, but not these. They're here. From to McCoy to Bashir, <laughs> with a little stop of, uh, on the way at Pulaski, yep. wiping memories. It's very easy, but these memories, permanent. You know, I don't know if you remember, but in Who Watches the Watchers, um, Crusher mentions Pulaski's Serzhenka treatment and gives some hand wave for why it won't work in this situation. She says, I'm familiar with Dr. Pulaski's (laughs) technique. It's so wrong of her to say that, or the writers to write that. Because now it's like, you guys just called attention to it again. Again, you did it. You can wipe memories, man. Just do it. Ugh. Hey, look, I don't want to get into it, but in one of the episodes this week, they discover a fountain of youth that we know they will never use again. <laughs> There's a whole movie where a Starfleet Admiral is like, I got to get the fucking fountain of youth and I'm willing to do anything to do it's it. It's fucking great. It's way better than these uh, skin stretching sessions, for sure. And no one's like, if you're willing to start over at age 12, I 100% know a way to do it. <laughs> Even Picard, to whom it happens. Yep. Uh, and then I was genuinely worried that they were going to shut off the obelisk with the message, time to heal. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> do you have any quick hitters? <laughs> Uh, at worst actor candidate Harry Kim, as always, with his Why didn't they just do what they were told? <laughs> it was so out of nowhere. Um, Again, do they think it would make everyone feel better to sit in the dark like that, all together in that room? Yeah. <laughs> it made it look like the ship was broken. That's what they do when the ship breaks. They all get together in a room and sit in the dark, but like the ship wasn't broken. Why were they doing that? Yeah, they love to turn a mess hall into an impromptu medical ward. But why did they have to be together? I don't know, man. Look, they're just having whole... bad memories. What are they... these people are all sleeping and having bad dreams? What do they know about when everybody goes to sleep? They all lay together, fully clothed, in a cave somewhere. <laughs> well, we've seen it. They have personal experience. Of it. <laughs> we've seen cultures that do that for sure. In fact, starting to eradicate them. <laughs> threatened to do a genocide as far as we could tell um then i said but i do like the dark sometimes so maybe it is therapeutic but it it looks like when the ship's all broken um then i said oh hey look there's california again and then uh my document kept changing nullied to bullied (laughs) yeah it doesn't want you to say nullied for sure no it doesn't think it's a proper word yeah it um do people who don't live in California, when they see a genuine outdoor shot, are they just like, this? that's so obviously California? <laughs> I mean, it's just always so obvious, though. I was like, I know all of that. I've seen all of that. That's California. I know what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I looked out there and I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, that looks like it's probably beautiful from November to May. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, uh, you just lie and tell everyone it's gold. 
<laughs> that's gold, though. <laughs> what? I'm looking right at it. It's brown, buddy. That's brown. No, 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 no. That's what you're looking at is gold. This is the golden state, and that's gold. Okay. I think it's uh, brown. I skipped this in my notes, but I had to give best actor to Seven and worst actor to Tom Paris. Okay. That's fair. He's certainly the worst person. Did you power three years? Yeah, I already do. Okay, we're nine points apart on this episode. That's pretty good, but you had a seven nine. on take and I had a zero, so that kind of explains it. <laughs> I've been as high as ten points higher than you. You've been as high as 13 points higher than me okay. in an episode before. So, But that's still it's a pretty big spread. Look, I agree with what you're saying. Of course we should know about all of the bad things. But, like, these people all got PTSD now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, it's, a, it's a bad idea. All right. Uh, second place last week, although it was a tie, was Deep Space Nine. This week we watched The Magnificent Ferengi. see if we can work this into a tie because i was going to tell you right now i didn't give points to rascals either uh quark triumphantly walks into his bar with so much syrup of squill and a big glorious story all about how he obtained it this is his fucking moment this shit is so good on groat cakes scrote cakes all the breakfast cakes but dang man our main heroes walk into the bar with real heroism to brag about this is uh this is not in my notes, but I thought she said road cakes, and I, <laughs> I was like, man, it's a I don't thing. know what road cakes is, but it seems nasty, and I'm mad that they put it in Lita's mouth, and then I, uh, you're like, it's like twenty three <laughs> saw the subtitle twenty three seventy something. What road? What are we talking about? Um, some secret mission in Dakarty space to do secret mission stuff. And uh, they steal all of Quark's fucking glory. His bestie Odo is there to talk him through it, but uh, doesn't matter. Uh, the Grand Nagus calls him like a minute later, and he talks to him off screen. We don't get to see it. They... There's no Wally Jean. In case anyone was in excited. an episode of Big Ferengi Personalities, <laughs> they did not manage to secure Wally Jean. Talks to him off screen, and then Quark goes to find Rom and tell him the big news. Moogie has been taken prisoner by the Dominion for some reason. And Quark has been asked to rescue her credits. <clears throat> Quark recruits Rom and explains uh, that the ship Moogie was on got captured. And uh, he also finally tells Rom that Moogie and the Nagus have been uh, doing it so nasty. It's... I was shocked that this had not come. <laughs> I also did not remember that Rom was in the dark on that one. Uh, then in a comedic bit that kind of works, they accidentally pop out of the Jeffries tubes and they're in Cisco's office. It works fine, except uh, for a couple of things. One, that office is not secure. Not at all. Not even a little. Those two Frankie just accidentally walked in there. Gul Dukat's been <clears throat> the occupier of that office recently. Are you telling me that someone could have just popped popped the thing off and hucked a grenade at him at any point? <laughs> And two, it really sets the tone 
for this episode. <laughs> yes. When they fuck it, there's just a little comedy bit in the middle of this scene about we gotta rescue our mom. She's been kidnapped. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of figured it's an episode about saving their mom. It's probably not gonna be. A, it's not the big space war. That's not the stakes this week for sure. Well, I mean, like, we can talk about this. It was supposed to be saving Zach, but then while Sean wasn't available, and that's why he's not in this episode. Okay. All right. Well. And so they made it moogie. <laughs> yeah. They apologize and they, they take off down those fucking J-tubes or whatever they're called on DS9. I don't. Maybe the Cardis had better names. Let's for just them. say service corridors okay. of some kind. Uh, Quark has to recruit an all Ferengi team for this. Again, for reasons. First, yeah. first they go to Nog who refuses, but then they give him a trumped-up title and tell him he'll be, like, their cool boss, so he joins up. Then they meet Lek, a weird mercenary or assassin or something. Oh, he's an eliminator. They say he's an eliminator. Yes. Uh, Dude doesn't want Latinum, so he's no ordinary Ferengi, but the offer of going up against the Jem'Hadar piques his interest, so he's in. Uh, Gala, you remember him? He, uh... He joins the crew when Quark gets him out of jail and promises him some of that good reward money. Though, of course, they're underselling the genuine reward and telling people it's going to be 20 bars, even though they've really been offered 50. Um, uh, They're having their first shitty planning session, and then fucking Brunt shows up. He wants to help this little rescue team, I guess so he can get his job back or something, maybe? Somehow. I guess maybe he wants Zach to owe him a favor or something. It's not clear. No, they don't. He just needs a few bucks. They just wanted to include him, and they they didn't bother to come up with a good reason. Uh, Everybody tells him... He's got a ship, but no job, and so it's like this or DoorDash. (laughs) Everybody tells him to eat shit, but um, yeah, like you said, he says he's got a ship, and they do need one of those, so they let him join up. They do a hollow sweet training. They do this a lot on DS9 where you'll come back from credits or something and they'll be in a big firefight and it'll turn out to be just a holodeck simulation. Yep. Anyway, they bungle it real big and uh, Quark sends them all away so he can think and be sad. And he chats with Rom at the bar while he's reliving his past glories like being the king of Squill. <laughs> and Rom suggests, let's just do it the Ferengi way. Well, we'll do a deal. We can make a deal with the Dominion. Kira, of all people, helps, uh-huh. helps convince Cisco to spring our old Vorta buddy, Kivon. You remember that guy? Yeah. He betrayed his, uh, that, that cool third who had never heard uh, Fortunate Son. If he had heard it, <laughs> this would have been over. Um, it's, It sucks that Cisco, like, first of all, who knows what kind of music Cisco's, Cisco's into. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his deal is. It would never come up, but, you know, his dad was from New Orleans, oh, yeah, so I don't it's know. Jazz. Maybe it's Dixieland. It's fucking jazz, for sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a shame that he was not an aficionado of uh, 1970s rock music. <laughs> Could have saved all the Jim Adar. Well, <laughs> oh, well. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Cisco captured this guy on that weird nebula planet, etc. Um, continuity. Uh, they'll make a prisoner exchange. On Nog's favorite station, Empoknor. You know. Yeah, it's weird that he would ever agree to go back. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the horror episode where Garrick hunted him for sport. Uh, they set up their base camp on the promenade at Empoknor near the docking ring in their ship. And uh, Kivon tries to escape, 
but they uh, they recapture him. Unfortunately, the Dominion shows up just at that moment, and they all got to rush back to their little base camp, and the, the Vorta in charge brought, like, I don't know, like a whole battalion of Jem'Hadar with him. It's like a lot yeah. of Jem'Hadar. Iggy Pop, using his Iggy Poppiest voice. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Iggy Pop. <laughs> demands the Ferengi come out and trade. Ferengi! Uh, Quark, Ram, and Nog go out to negotiate. Iggy Pop's pretty reasonable, and um, he agrees to send all the Jem'Hadar away, except, I guess, for like a guard or whatever, uh, for this exchange. Quark is playing hero again at base camp, telling stories, and everyone's happy as shit, so something's obviously gonna get fucked. First, Rom blows it and reveals they're actually getting 50 bars of latinum as a reward instead of the 20 that they promised all the other Ferengi. And two, it, in anger in response to that, Gala tries to shoot Quark and accidentally wipes Kivon, so they got no prisoner to swap. Everybody's bummed and they want to flee, but... Uh, Quark invokes one famous battle of Ferengi lore. A battle of Exlax, or whatever he says. And somehow everyone is motivated to continue. But, um... Nog accidentally invents Weekend at Bernie's. The movie? <laughs> he does. He's never seen it. He didn't see it at the Academy. No, he didn't do it on purpose. He just, he just invented the whole movie Weekend at Bernie's. They could put some... Neural stimulators all over this fucking corpse and turn him into, like, a weird lurching zombie thing. Anyway, Quark stalls Icky Pop for a while, and they, they move the exchange to the airlock so that they can get out of Dodge ASAP. And during the exchange, it's obvious something is fucking wrong with this Kivon guy. He's staggering into walls and shit. And when the Vorto uh, orders, sorry, when Iggy Pop orders his lone Gemidar guard to stop them, the Ferengi ice him, and then they capture Iggy Pop. And they're going to give him to Starfleet. Yeah. They're going to say, hey, here's Iggy Pop. You remember him. Uh, Rom calls Quark a hero. So that shit gets all tied up, I guess. And then Kivon stumbles into walls for eternity. And the episode ends. What was this one about? It's just possible... That this episode wants to say anyone can be a hero. Hmm. But it spends very little time talking about what a hero is. Sure. Also, as in, say, rascals, there's a theme of make use of what you do best rather than try to do what everyone else does. Mm -hmm. You know, like use your own skills to win the day or whatever. But it's fucking fumes, man. They're not trying to do anything here. They half remembered the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> and, uh, and, but they also confused it with Weekend at Bernie's, like you said. And <laughs> then, and they just wanted to get a bunch of character actors in the teeth and makeup. I mean, I don't blame them for that up. part. That part was the correct thing they should have done. So I'm giving it a two okay. for sort of themes about what does it mean to be a hero a hero and what do you have to do when you know you're in a situation sure okay yeah i mean you're not wrong they um i went ahead with the take we all have special skills just be the best you you can be which is inspirational 
and I, I at one point they're talking about this, but then they fuck up the mission so bad that that's not really on the table anymore. It's not like it's Ferengi not, are good it at isn't making relevant anymore. <laughs> it's not like Ferengi are good at making weird corpses that walk around, which is their they also solution. and we'll talk about this, but they really undercut it by making Yelgren the easiest negotiator in the world to work mm-hmm. against. Yep, he's just like whatever you want, Ferengi. I couldn't tell if he was just if it was all the drugs or if he was like the the makeup or something was making him talk weird. I mean, I think Very one weird. reading you could give here, and Vorta makeup is nowhere near as constricting as Klingon or Ferengi. It doesn't have teeth for one thing. Right. Uh, is someone said, "Hey, it's like the Magnificent Seven, and he's like, "That's a Western, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then he just did John <laughs> just Wayne. John Wayne <laughs> didn't ask if it was a John Wayne one. Sure. Uh, anyway, I gave that a four. That's uh, you know, that's a below average take. Um, execution. What about execution. Yeah, uh, Quark, I guess, is going to need to use his Frangie skills to save the day. That feels weirdly racist, but at least it wasn't a straight commando raid. That would have felt really strange if they had just done a commando mission. Mm-hmm. Then it would have felt like Enterprise or something. Um, this writing is so convenient. Quark gets upstaged by some heroes, gets a phone call telling him he can be a hero within 40 seconds. Whatever. <laughs> That's TV. Um, it is nice to know that all Ferengi aren't the same, and we see a few different personality types here, so that's good. You get odd and fun performances. Uh, I, the voice acting in this episode is fucking ludicrous. They get all the weirdest dudes in here. I've always enjoyed yeah, Gala they, so much, I don't know what that actor's doing. <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what he's doing, but it's consistent. It's exactly what he did last time. You know, it, it's oh, for sure. Hey, cousin. <laughs> You're like, what is it? Cousin Quark. <laughs> uh, you're the one who put me in jail. <laughs> so Jimmy Stewart after a stroke is what you're doing at this point. Um... Uh, so again, odd and fun performances, some capers and shit that never would have worked, and no B-plot. So, it could have been worse, really. I gave it a five. Uh, right. I liked it a little less than that. Okay. So this is a pure comedy episode based on the funny premise of a kidnapped mother. <laughs> yeah. They and do treat it only uh, as comedy. That, that is supposed yes. to be a funny premise to them. Yes. <laughs> No one is upset about it. Even even Rom is like, I would still rather not. I got a wife now. I don't. I can't. <laughs> I love, you know I, I love movies, but like, mm, what yeah. am I supposed to do about this? Uh, yeah, but you know, Leah lets me touch her road cakes, so. <laughs> uh, this episode is Weekend at Bernie's way more than it's... Uh, seven samurai or magnificent seven in fact all the little elements of that like the finger counting were just uh, added by armin shimmerman and max gradenchik yeah um it wasn't it's not stuff wasn't even in the script this episode is full of impossibilities also like rascals for instance (laughs) like quark being the man for this mission in the first place uh we've seen lek before he was working for Zek the last time we oh, saw him. Oh, okay. Um, we didn't know he was an Eliminator, but like, <laughs> was, I think Zek has this guy's number two. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that could be. He could probably get all the Eliminators. Oh, man. Um, or, for instance, uh, the Federation releasing this prisoner in order to have Zack or Kira someone or was even happy. just Quark owe them a favor. <laughs> yeah, maybe? someone was going to be happy, and I guess that was good enough. Yeah. It's also an episode that has the realization halfway through that the strength they should be relying on is negotiation and then the adversary just accepts the opening offer so anyone could have handled the negotiation you're a tough negotiator Ferengi um and also at the end of the day it feels like there will be no consequences for what amounts to a Ferengi ambush of the Dominion (laughs) yeah I wonder wonder what word we'll get back to the Dominion about what happened there They'll find. Well, listen. The Jem'Hadar battleship is going to come back and find Kivon dead. Yeah. Those two Jem'Hadars dead, and uh, Yelgren missing. That's true. It ain't going to be good. <laughs> well, maybe these Ferengi will just pull what the Ferengi and Rascals do and just say we're not associated with the Ferengi Alliance. That's probably what they'll do. <laughs> um, it's not that terrible to watch for how broad the episode is. Yeah. But it's a very minor work in the DS9 canon. Oh, yeah, it's it's just yet another in a long series of this doesn't really need to be in the canon. Although, I mean, there was continuity. It does fit in with the other episodes with these other characters in them. Yeah. Hmm. And then if some of these characters appear again in Star Trek Online, as you've said. Right, and we have to do this whole mission again. <laughs> but, you, you get know. Lex cool throwing knives. But different, because you're on a... Uh, Iconian ship? What the hell are you on? When you yeah, you're on, you're on an Iconian ship. Yeah. World building. Yeah. We've got... Um, oh, wait, what was your score on that? Sir- I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, it's a three. Okay. Uh, we've got Syrup of Squill. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've got the Battle of Prexnack. Oh, that's what it was called. <laughs> uh, nobody likes the FCA. Yeah. Uh, we have Ferengi Eliminators. And then bafflingly, no one has salvaged Empok nor even the Cardassians during the war. I also have a note about that. Um, very little this week. It's another one for me, world building wise. Ah, well, there you go then, because I I gave it a two, but I could see a one. Okay. Um, syrup of Squill, the Squill economy. Uh, the Dominion captures old Ferengi ladies for some reason. I didn't. That was before I found out they just captured the whole ship. Um, <clears throat> some secret mission the main crew went on to Cardassian territory that's not well explained. Uh, like I said, you see some different Ferengi in different walks of life. How did they get Gala off? Isn't he in? They paid his fine. His fine? Isn't he in lots yeah. of trouble for helping with all those genocides? Uh, listen, I guess since it was all cool with Bajor, it was cool with the Federation, but like... He did so many... He was helping that guy with all the genocides, remember? Yeah, well, Quark says he paid his fine, so free to go. That's bad. It's actually negative world building. That's such a baffling thing. It's weird that it was a a monetary punishment from the Federation. (laughs) very confusing. Maybe, like, they couldn't... Because there was no law to fit his Uh, crime, they couldn't legally charge him for all the genocide stuff, but they imposed a number of fines for uh you know they held him responsible for wrecking up that cargo bay oh, right. when uh when those two warring factions yeah. met face to face he had to pay in self-improvement credits i bet for those that's right yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah i always forget that they don't have genocide as one of the crimes that's not a crime 
So that's what Picard says. Yeah. Uh, like I like you said, nobody has cleaned up Empok Nor at all since our last visit there. Nothing has happened there. It's a whole space station. No one does anything there. No, like there was an idea that it might be booby trapped, and then it wasn't. Uh, unless you so, count the zombie soldiers or whatever. Yeah, but they're dead. No, yeah, they, those are definitely dead now. Oh, they're dead. And if you don't bring any Cardassians there, no one can even put their hand in some goo. Yeah, that's true. Um, even the Vorta hate the Breen. Haven't heard anything good about the Breen so far in these shows. No. Uh, I oh, that one guy was on Martok's side. Oh, that's true. He was the one good Breen. But he was just trying to escape from prison. Yeah, he was. I bet that guy he was had, a piece of shit. Yeah, he had self. He was self motivated. Uh, weekend at Bernie's. I don't. I just put that in world building. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I could see a one. It's a one. Well, what about characterization? Uh, Quark doesn't feel like anyone appreciates his special fucking gifts, and the writers are kind enough to immediately supply him with an opportunity to show some real fucking human style balls. But they quickly drop that idea and just try to do it the Ferengi way, and then again it goes off the rails again. But anyway, he's vindicated in the end. Um, Rom never found out about Moogie and the Nagus. Gala returns and joins the team. He's extremely worthless in this role. Like, when he's not calling the shots, he's just a whiny turd. And then yeah, he, he lets uh, Kivon escape. And, and then, then he ruins the whole mission. <laughs> Isis, Kivon, <laughs> yep. ruins the whole situation. So he's not any good if he's not uh, the arms-dealing boss, I guess. Um keep on continuity this dude still sucks too you'd think nog had seen enough real battle action by now to stop fucking pretending to be a drill sergeant or whatever but no he still just wants to fucking play fucking like fucking drill sergeant the whole fucking time uh, Moogie spends her time trying to sell Iggy Pop on various business deals I would have liked more of that actually uh, me too. That was probably liked... the best part of the episode, characterization-wise. I would like to have seen the five different things that she was trying to get him in on. Um, Brunt is present, but isn't really a part of the episode. Which is no. weird. They brought him back. You'd think they'd have something for him to do, but there isn't much. Well, he had to... Jeffrey Combs had to sit around and watch two other people play Vortas this week. <laughs> so annoying. That's his fucking thing. Um, I'm just reading through this again. No, I didn't put one good note in there the whole time. That's a two. <laughs> two? <laughs> All right. Um, Quark got his feelings hurt that no one cared about his money story. And that seems to have motivated a kind of weird chauvinism about Ferengi being heroic also. Yeah. But even though that could have been interesting to discuss, it's all a big secret. We never get into it. Yeah. Like, he's just like, no, it's got to be all Ferengi. And then yep. Rom says, what? Why? And he says, it has to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I thought maybe that he said something and I just missed it. But nah. I guess I did not. No, nah, he really didn't. Uh, and it's like, clearly that's a bad decision coming from an emotional place right up at the top of the episode and it never gets addressed. And there's not a scene at the end where he's like, should have hired mercenaries. Should have hired those Nosigans. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Nog is apparently power hungry and title hungry in a way that is very obvious to the people around him and leads to his being 
pretty easily manipulated. So yeah, that's a big hole in his character that he he got to work on. But I don't think he well, saw it he in this has, one. Also, he's got what Quark has, but he's got it a hundred times worse. Where he wants to be seen as cool and brave, like the humans or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's so weird that that's what Quark was sort of going through this week. But like, Nog has it so bad he should have looked at him and gone, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, he should have looked at Nog and said, actually. "Huh, I just got him to come along on this mission by saying he could be the chief strategic officer." And he said, "Like Worf," like and Worf. I said, "Exactly like Worf." <laughs> he said, "I know you and like Worf, though no one in the fucking galaxy yeah. likes him." And I, I, I saw how easily he was manipulated, and now I realize. I'm kind of guilty of some of the same things he's guilty of, and I should think I should really think on this. Yeah, I should pray on it. But yeah, you're right. None of that happens. No, none of that happened. Gala sucks. Brunt sucks. Rom is a little bit off for me in this episode. He's also he kind was... of not anything. He's in it, but he has lines, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he was very brave during the war. Yeah, and we know he loves Moogie. Yeah, but this week he seems more motivated by money than anything. Like that's for sure what gets him in. Yeah, you're not wrong. And that's what he's excited about when they're about to get her back. Like when the when the concession when uh Yelgren agrees to all of those terms and they're like they're going to make the exchange in half an hour. And that's how he he's blows. excited about getting that 50 bars. Yeah, that's true. Not his mom. And that feels like a backslide on Rom. Well, maybe next right? week. Rom's whole thing is do a murder. Doing Ferengi his own way, right? Yeah. Anyway, no one else is in it. I mean, Lech doesn't count for characterization because he was a background guy before. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a two. You're yeah. not wrong. Yep. I had it higher initially, and then I just looked through and went, nah, never mind, this ain't good. Yeah, I had it at a three, but you talked me down. <laughs> um, yeah, just, yeah, again, missed opportunities, unflattering portrayals. Quick one. Uh, that, uh, by the way, that makes it a 20, so not quite a tie, but it is... It is better than Voyager this week. Okay. Also, real good chance that the 20 is going to win. Yeah, I mean... Just a sneak peek to the next episode, but... Yeah. I don't know where 20 points are going to come for on Rascals. Rascals is one of the 150 bad ones, for sure. Yeah. I do have some quick hitters. Okay. Um, Quark lost me on this story way before the crew came back from behind enemy lines, when no one said replicator even once when he was talking about syrup of squill. (laughs) Great if someone had yelled out from the back. Just replicate it. <laughs> hey, you could just replicate it though. Would've been fucking also, amazing. Maple syrup's just as good. <laughs> just oh, there's hell of syrups, man. If he had said nothing but replicator, it would have been great. Replicator. Like yeah, we pressed someone should have someone in the back should have just gone, Replicator. <laughs> and then everyone walks away from court because they don't want to hear the story anymore. That would have been great. Yeah. The yep. only need is the whole dumb Cardassian, Cardassian mission that they were coming back from. <laughs> um, man, Quark never told Rom about his mom and the Negus. <laughs> it just hasn't come up at all. I don't know if he, he was saving him. He could. He was too pure. He couldn't handle it. Um, my hopes for this episode cratered. As soon as Quark and Rom popped out in Cisco's office, oh, I was no. like, "Oh, that's what we're doing this week." <laughs> yes, it was. A f- Look, everybody likes Cisco having one line, and then he looks over from his desk and says, "Can I help you, gentlemen?" <laughs> Did he direct this? And then one? they leave. He's barely in it. That's it. That's his whole. That's his entire little league performance. No, because then Kira gets to tell. Uh, K- oh, Kira I guess that's true. helps him 
talks to Cisco off screen about getting Kevon out of prison. There's a lot of off screen stuff in this episode. Aside from racism, why does Quark want an all Ferengi team? Mm. Surely they're the least trustworthy option. <laughs> they got all kinds of rules and a whole book of them about how and when you could screw each other over. Yeah, he should have found somebody who really had a vendetta against the Dominion or something. I mean, I'm sure Worf would have been happy to slap on a turtleneck one more time. Yeah, but for Quark. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. This starbase where they're keeping Gala locked up has two Excelsiors and six Mirandas patrolling. (laughs) Making this probably the most secure location in all of the Federation. (laughs) That's right. This is where they keep all the people who've done the most heinous crimes, the ones that are not on the books. I mean, that really looked like three Starship Task Forces. I mean, we never see that many around fucking DS9, for sure. No. Um, Did we miss a scene where Lek went around knocking on all the columns around Quark's bar to see which ones are wood? Or did everyone just get real lucky that that knife didn't bounce off when he threw it? <laughs> I didn't know that was wood. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a good question. On a fucking Cardassian space station. Nah, do you know that knife is made out of? Uh... You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make up a techno babble for why that knife was even harder than what the walls are made out of, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, there's a lot of advantages to having the meeting on Ampok Nor. For instance, no one has to build any new sets. Yeah. <laughs> they just make it kind of dark and uh, uh, cluttered. Yeah, this station so cluttered. Move some crates in there. Did everyone before they left, did they just fucking scatter all their shit across the floor? Yeah, I guess. What does the Federation get in this quote-unquote prisoner exchange? They get Moogie. What? They don't, though. <laughs> well... You know Moogie I mean. goes back to being, as far as everyone in the world knows, a private citizen on Ferenginar. They get, they, they get Moogie, you know, they get her back. Yeah, I don't get her, but she gets to go home. Yeah. That's not good And enough? for that, they're going to give up their Vorta captive. Yeah, it is, it's not well explained, and that's why they had to have the conversation off screen. Because someone probably said, so what does that conversation look like? And everyone just went, Pfft. we just won't show uh, it. I gave best actor this week to Rom saying no at various pitches. <laughs> um, he did not like hearing about Moogie. No. He believed it, though. So there was something in there that it, it rang true. It's like the it's like the conversation you and I are eventually going to have to have someday where you have to tell me that mom's dating Jim Greenwing. <laughs> God. That would make me go, no. No. <laughs> that is too personal for this podcast. That is way too personal for this You said podcast. a whole first and last name of someone we don't want our mom to date. Crazy. Why would you do that? <laughs> Were you written by a Star Trek writer? What happened? Yeah, that was rough. I shouldn't have used this whole first and last name. <laughs> but if I just said Jim, you would have said Jim who? I'm not going to bleep it. I don't have time for that. I'm no, you're busy. For sure not. We're racing through it. Yeah. We're two down an hour and 30 here. Right. So, uh, worst actor. Iggy Pop may be doing a John Wayne voice for some reason. 
Although, honestly, I didn't think he was that bad when he wasn't shouting through a door. <laughs> Ferengi! Yeah. I... Like, we've seen four or five Vortas, and they're all weird. So, why not an Iggy Pop one? Yeah, I don't think they're worried about them being normal. Like, whatever they, However they grow these dudes, if they come out extra weird, they're like, perfect. That's what we wanted. <laughs> Does he have uh, good hearing and shitty little eyes? Good. That's good. what we care about. Good, 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 good. This is all going according to plan. Uh, do you have some quick ones? Uh, all just all about the voice acting. I said, thank God Gala came back. I admire his ridiculous voice acting. And then I said, I always like Brunt's voice acting too. And what is Iggy Pop doing with his voice here? Holy shit! That was my a own, lot of stuff this week. My only quick hitter. <laughs> the only one, the only people in this episode not doing voice acting are uh, Quark and Nog. That's true, because we know Rom for sure <laughs> That's for sure of a choice. A lot of voice acting, yeah. And we know this is not Lex actor's voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, that means we get to talk about the fucking uh, cream of the crop right here. Yeah, two down, one to go. Last week, the winner was The Next Generation. So next, we're going to discuss Rascals. <laughs> Yeah, get after it. Picard, Guinan, Keiko, and Ro are returning to the Enterprise by <laughs> shuttle. Okay, already the episode was off the rails. I looked in that shuttle and I went, huh? This beer's warm. I said, wait a minute, who's in the shuttle? What's happening? Yep, it's, uh, yeah, again, Picard, Guinan, Keiko, and Ro. Mm. Picard is geeking out about some ceramic shards that he... I guess just took from some planet. Yeah, there's some real fucking neo-imperialist fucking bullshit going on. He just showed Why does up he get and to keep them? fucking yoinked some people's fucking artifacts. He's like, look how intact they are. And I was like, man, these back to the Royal Museum. So they're definitely museum pieces, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Keiko and Ro are talking leaves mm-hmm. when... Um, when the shuttle gets a call from Worf, <laughs> there's a distress call coming in from a science colony, and Picard says, all right, get ready to leave as soon as we're aboard. But immediately, like, Worf might still be on the line when it starts happening. Yeah. They fly into some kind of blue energy field. They gotta stop Blue raspberry that. flavor, maybe? They gotta stop doing that. <laughs> See, these fuckers are always flying into bad energy fields. It's just like, hey, just exactly at that moment. We're almost home. Get ready to leave. Oh, energy field. Man, good thing Picard didn't say he was uh, three weeks from retirement or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was what could have happened. Enterprise races over to beam them out. O'Brien, who is still on board somehow. It's it's fucking weird. Did DS9 have a really abbreviated first season? I didn't think they did. Uh, You know, episode-wise... I don't think it was that short. It wasn't like 22 or something. was the last episode of the first season? It's not like Voyager that went 13. I'm just... I don't understand how he could be in both places at once. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Invasive procedures. Cardassian. But I guess it's true. They haven't done the DS9 crossover episode of TNG yet. Right? So, maybe that (laughs) is is the the official starting point. Is the circle and the siege kind of the end of season one 
start of season two for Deep Space Nine because yeah, that's that around week twenty one, twenty two. So maybe it was a you know four or five weeks shorter, but it is but, odd. No, but when you think about it, remember they have the crossover that goes that goes both ways. They got <laughs> they got the, they got Picard and people on the DS nine in the emissary, but then they also got like the Bashir in hanging birth, out with right? Data. That's week one forty one. Is that the official starting point? Is that like where they meet? That can't be, man. That's but then that, isn't that that's why almost there? twenty episodes into season six. Or do they just go to DS nine? Yeah, I think they're just at Deep Space. Now that's fifteen episodes in, man. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand how the timeline works. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is weird. there. Anyway, uh he struggles to get a lock, and when he's beaming him over, the mass drops forty percent. He thinks he might have lost one of them. That's bad math. But um but that's not what happens. Yeah. Instead, Four kids in baggy clothes appear on the transporter pad, and the one that is dressed like Picard starts to thank him before he hears himself and stops, and we go to credits. Yeah, he's got a a high little English voice. He does. Also, his name's... I'm still Captain Picard. Picard. (laughs) It's the way he always says it. (laughs) This kid needed to study some film, but yes, we will get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh... But, you know, C-minus on saying your name there, Rene. <laughs> anyway, in sickbay, Beverly explains to us and everyone, especially Riker, <laughs> that the DNA of these children is consistent with pre-adolescence, but it's them. Only their bodies have changed and their knowledge and personalities are <laughs> intact. She knows this medically. Okay, everyone, it- everyone already knows your notes are bullshit and just based on my notes. But <laughs> I'll just say I wrote... <laughs> Nice of Troy and Crusher to explain the plot to us when we got back from the opening credits. Crusher's like, listen, man, they kids now, but like still themselves? And Troy pipes up and goes, yeah, right. They're like kids, but like they're still smart and stuff. Yeah. Fucking A, man. But don't, this is immediately undercut. And clearly nobody really believes that because when Picard starts asking about the shuttlecraft, uh, everyone shoots each other crazy looks <laughs> like. Is he giving orders? Is this 12-year-old giving orders? Yep. They just heard that medically he has the same knowledge and personality. <laughs> we all heard it. We all had to hear it. We were forced to endure that. Uh, Picard goes to the bridge with Riker, leaving the other kids behind to have tests run. A nurse takes little Keiko away because she's not necessary for this next scene. <laughs> and you can only have kids work so many hours. That's right. In this scene... Ro is already sick of this shit. She don't want to be a kid. This is dumb. Yeah. And Guinan says, that's dumb and you're dumb. Being a kid is great. Yeah. Let's go have fun. Now, crucially, we learn that no one, not Dr. Crusher, <laughs> not that nurse, not Riker, uh-huh. thought to pipe a call into the bridge to explain what was going on. <laughs> because when Picard gets to the bridge and starts getting giving orders... Everyone takes two steps towards the center of the room and opens their mouths wide. <laughs> Just catching flies left and right in their dumb mouths. Yeah. I think Beverly realized that she forgot to tell anyone, though, because she must have been on <laughs> the next turbo up. lift car behind Picard. Like, holding she, her hands <laughs> nervously, like, oh, no, what did I do? She shows up. <laughs> <laughs> to catch the end of his little I'm still me speech. I'm still and she's Captain like, Picard. Let's go to your ready room. And in there, she suggests that he sit this mission out because 
Who knows what the fuck is going to happen next? He might just fall over dead. No one knows. Yeah. This is new ground medically. And also, no one liked what happened on the bridge just now. Yep. Yeah. And I guess she gets through to him with her very, very thin logic. Because he does turn the ship over to Riker. And he leaves with her in the turbo lift. Yeah. Uh, Ro has just been relieved of duty. Because she's not the captain. That's right. And she... <laughs> they do just she say that. Know. She's like, I've been relieved of duty. <laughs> yes. She says then... That's what relieved of duty means. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't know what to do. Guyna wants to go play. Ro doesn't want to go play. She wants to go sulk in her quarters and Guinan decides to go with her. Do you suppose Ro doesn't want to go play because we've already been told, the whole audience at home, that they're still adults? That's right. Now, well, listen. It doesn't come up. Doesn't come up that that might be why. Okay, she doesn't say. Guyan and I'm still thirty. I'm 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 not a I'm not a kid. I'm not a kid. The, yeah, Guyan and I'm I not a child. You were there when Crusher and Troy both said that we're that we're not kids. Um, meanwhile, in O'Brien's quarters, it's tense. <laughs> O'Brien is pretty sure. That no one he works with is going to ask him if he banged his now underage wife. <laughs> but he can't take the chance, but man. He's also pretty sure that they're going to be thinking it. And he is spiraling. Yeah. He acts like Keiko doesn't know how he likes his coffee. He warns her that the coffee's hot. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, shrugs her off when she needs a little cuddle. And, um, it's, listen, it's a tough day to be Keiko because uh, Molly ain't cool about any of this either. <laughs> She's, a, I mean, she's just a baby or whatever, but she's like, you're not mommy. Yeah. I want mommy. Yeah, she gives her the business for sure. She really does. Hard day to be Keiko. Yeah. Also, hard to be an actor, huh? <laughs> that little, that girl had to try to uh-huh. fucking snuggle up with that fucking potato man. All right. So this, hey, this is Colm. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, he's your husband. Like you to meet Colin. He's your husband. You've had sex. So in this scene. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Uh-huh. Has it been explained to you what that means? You've had sex. You have a baby now. He knows what you look like naked. Mm-hmm. Not you now. The but kid like. version of you. The you that with a big muff. Does this kid get it? It's just <laughs> looking at me. Hey, this kid's giving me a weird look. <laughs> I hate working with kids. Uh, anyway, tough day to be Keiko, but she married this dipshit. Yeah. Like, she knew he was not going to be a source of emotional support for her when she was going through something. She just didn't expect to ever be 12 again. I mean, look, man, we all saw the episode where they got married and they definitely shouldn't have. So, yeah. What can you do? <laughs> well, Enterprise shows up at Lagos. Remember that distress call thing? Yeah. Well, they start trying to raise the science team. Don't worry about that quite yet because uh, we immediately cut to Picard's quarters and Troy has come to see him. Mm he thinks if they can't cure this, if he has to stay 12, no one's going to take him seriously until he grows up again. And he's like, what am I going to have to wait 10 years to captain a ship or whatever? And she immediately says, you are the person with the most hobbies <laughs> in the entire Star Trek front. You are the, you have the most fleshed out life outside of your Starfleet interests. We know any so character much about in all of Star Trek. just the shit that you get into and how you spend your time. <clears throat> So they talk about various career paths. Should he go back to the academy? Should he take a sabbatical? Uh, they do. There's a lot of talk about second chances. Yeah. 
Now, somebody in the writer's room or on the set or something <laughs> heard Crusher say at the top of the episode that these kids have young DNA mm, yeah, 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 and said, mm, hang on a minute. <laughs> Because now we have a scene where she has to do a bunch of backtracking with Riker and explain what's actually happening to them. Right. They've invented some other kind of thing. Yeah, they did. That changes as you age. They have. It's not real. So I'm, and we all have to sit it. through it. It ain't real. But uh, this this thing. <sighs> Look, the transporter got all jammed up because of that blue energy field. <laughs> uh Anyway, <laughs> you're not responsible for this. You seem like you're guilty. Like you feel guilty about having to explain it, but it's not your fault. The, po- the point of this scene is that she's is, she's telling Riker, I think that if we don't do anything, these kids are just going to grow up normal. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's possible that we can use transporter magic yes. and put back the little fucking pieces of shit that didn't make it through the transporter the first time. You know, the obvious solution because it's worked every time. And that is a risky, because we still don't fully understand what's happened. But by the way, now Jordy's looking through a bunch of wreckage in a shuttle in the cargo bay, and there's some crumbled off titanium, and he's going to take that to engineering to look into it. Like, But, you know, there's a possibility that transporter magic could fix this. Hey, man, did we ever learn what happened with that uh, crumbled up material? Uh, no. <laughs> this but later, Jordy will explain about the fucking energy field, for sure. And we... Okay assume that that's because of something that happened with this uh burned paper titanium tritanium but like okay. we don't know we don't see him do nothing about it i mean what they uh, should be worried about with the transporter thing is ending up with a roinen <laughs> you want one of those so much more popular than either of is that, the two is that better or worse than having a geico <laughs> well the geico would be a fun one for us in the future I don't know if it would have meant anything uh, in the early 90s. Little Guinan and Little Roe take another crack at the Roe's bad childhood conversation. Mm. And Guinan convinces her to jump on her bed. And this is the worst scene of the episode. <laughs> well, and, especially way, when you hear that they're not kids. They've, we've oh, been told specifically that they weren't kids. Yeah. By the way. Most of the really bad stuff is yet to come in this episode. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even mentioned <laughs> the plot of the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so now Jordy's figured out what happened in transport. Something to do with the reversion field, although everyone is staring at an image of some kind of ziggurat on the screen behind him, and I didn't understand what that was about. Yeah. They can probably reverse it. He thinks they can reverse it if they're not still in that field when they give it a try. And that sounds good, but at this point, they have finally reached LIGO 7. Uh, everything seems normal there. There's, like, no distress call. Yeah. But there's a lot of interference, and here two Burrell-class birds of prey decloak and start blasting. Sure. And they whip Enterprise's ass in an embarrassing way. It's not good. Everything that happens is bad. Yeah. Um. They start boarding, but it's not Klingons. It's Ferengis? Yeah, man. One of them grabs little Picard. Uh, two more beam onto the bridge, and one ducks under a real weak shot from Worf, <laughs> and then lays him out with a green beam. It's so bad. Worf, man. I know Worf you're just there it. to push everyone, but you're pushing... Uh, who, what, was the, what was the name of this? Frankie? Mordok? What was his name? Uh, hold He's on. He's got a name. 
he does. He's the only Morta. Morta. Are you pushing Morta yeah. this week? Come on, man. Um, the only one who comes out of this looking semi okay is Riker, because at least he gets the command functions deactivated. <laughs> yeah, but he's embar- he has an embarrassing performance as well. Yeah, it's embarrassing for everyone. Data too. These guys beam in right next to Data, and he doesn't break their necks right away. He gives the look that he gives when he's so frustrated because of his emotions. He gave a really yep. frustrated look and didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh. Oh. They're holding. They're holding weapons, so no one can do anything. I guess. Probably just like told a story later weeks about ago. how those guys are lucky because he was totally gonna whip their asses. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Probably. Um. The Ferengi start beaming all the adults down to the surface. Then Damon Lurin arrives on the bridge and declares the ship salvage. And this isn't important, but this guy is Chicano. Oh, yeah, dude, the whole time. The whole He's time. the only Ferengi who doesn't sound like a Ferengi. No. He sounds like, like a bad guy, a bad guy from the early 90s because they yes. still were just like, He's a bad guy? Make him a Mexican or something. Uh huh. Everyone will get it. Uh,. It's just so weird, like, normally you can't tell yeah, what's going on behind them Ferengi masks. No, this guy... Like, you might sure. have a guess, because of the way the Ferengi are portrayed. Yes. But you can't tell. But this guy, for some reason, it just comes through. Anyway, Damon Lauren mm-hmm. declares the ship salvage and threatens to execute the crew if Riker doesn't cooperate. Now, Picard gets thrown into the schoolhouse. And shit, Alexander's here this week, too. <laughs> yep. So Picard and the whole young adult crew start discussing what to do, and Guinan suggests that they start acting like children. <clears throat> it's the same realization that Quark had in uh, Deep Space Nine. Part of me or thinks that Rom had on Quark's behalf. Yeah, part of me thinks Guinan is the reason they all turned into kids. One of her many powers. <laughs> she seems like she has a real vested interest in this kid thing this week. She really does. Like, she was going through a thing, and no one was asking her about it. Like, Yeah. No, no one, one asked listening. They all went to this planet. Mm-hmm. Picard got some ceramic shards. Right. And Keiko got a couple of plants. I think Rose, the shuttle pilot, yeah. I don't think she was even authorized to have fun. Nope, she was forced to be there. Uh... The only thing we know about why Guinan's going along is she says to Picard, the most beautiful planet in the sector, and you're talking about a bunch of ceramic shards or whatever. Uh-huh. So it's like, I guess she went there to have fun and didn't have any fun and probably subconsciously turned them all into children because of it, because they all needed to learn a nice lesson about having fun. Because <laughs> in every single scene, it is her number one goal to get them to act like children. Please act like children. Yeah. I've been saying it all day. It's like, okay, so why put Picard through this? Because he fucking already got the message. He was losing it about those shards. It's true. He had a great like, time. Child like What did wonder. she need from him in the shuttle? Did she need him to, like, swoop him around like fighter plane and go... <laughs> <laughs> right in front of everybody. Yeah. That's right. He, he was still holding back. He's guilty, too. Uh... We learn a little about Damon Lurin's motivations here. He tells Riker he's an independent, even though he's wearing the exact outfit of the normal Ferengi military. Yeah, it's like when those uh, green men took over uh, the uh, Crimea. Yes. Like, we're not Russians, and they just were all wearing Russian uniforms and shit. They're like, we're not, <laughs> though. Don't ask about it, because we're not Russian. Yeah, well, he's going to mine the planet below for... Um, Venderite? Yeah. What is it called? 
I mean, it was something like that. Yeah, Venderite. And he's going to sell Enterprise to the Romulans. They're going to love that. Yeah. He doesn't say Tomalock, but that's what he means. Tomalock has uh, made claims on the Enterprise previously, so. So that's his deal, and he's got the Enterprise crew down there mining. And that's what happened to the scientists, too. Um, Picard is getting frustrated with the Leapfrog 2 in the classroom. <laughs> um, they managed to get a basic schematic on display, and he starts... So the scheme goes into action. He sends Rowan Guinan to main engineering through the Jeffries tubes. Uh, and then Alexander bumps a remote control car into him, and that gets him thinking. So he takes that into the tubes with Keiko. Uh-huh. He uses it to distract a Ferengi guarding the transporter room. Then he goes in and he tries to tinker with the transporter. I don't think he accomplishes anything, but Keiko apparently had a mission because she grabbed a couple of phasers. Yeah. Alexander then plays Ding Dong Ditch in Sick Bay so that he can come in another door when the guy goes out to look and steal a couple of hypo sprays so Picard knew how to use him. He did indeed. He knew that when Alexander knocked on the window and ran away, the Ferengi would be like, Who's that? Who's the kid with the beautiful hair? <laughs> I should probably go touch it. A weird he's got a he's a weird little kid, but he's got beautiful like a, hair. He's got a beautiful doll hair. Uh now apparently all the oh, pieces that, are in that, place. Uh, I didn't know they had the Marissa in that color. Oh. Oh he's it's like a royal blue Marissa. I gotta go see this. Boot match. <laughs> um now all the pieces are in place. Yeah. Picard just has to get to the bridge. And the only way he can think to do it is by going out and throwing a tantrum and demanding to see his father, mm-hmm. Commander Riker. Mm-hmm. This this one, like the Ferengi one, uh, suddenly the the tone changes and it's awful yeah. comedy. It's all comedy. Yeah. He runs in yelling dad and gives Riker a big hug. They have a big coded talk about turning on the games computer in school room eight. Mm. Uh, Lurin thinks he scored a big point here. He uses the leverage he thinks he's just gotten, learning that Riker's son is on board, to uh, threaten Riker into releasing computer controls, And but he don't want to learn how to use them. <laughs> this is, hey, this is a Morta job. You gotta give Even the Morta's a big dum-dum. Morta won't even fucking put his weapon down. He's just like, he he's clearly busy, but yeah, this guy is not going to do it himself. Yeah, so he's like, un, un, release your computer and teach Morta how to use the computer. Mm-hmm. And teach him how to read. Hey, do you remember when that guy took over Enterprise and he read all of Archer's diaries and he knew everything, including about how mad he was about his dang old dad and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. I, now, I know the computer's been locked out, so Lurin doesn't have a chance to do that yet. Is that his plan? Because right now, <laughs> he's just doing a lot of guessing. Because as soon as they get that computer unlocked, he's going to find out that he don't have a kid on board. Look, I'm telling you, man, he assessed his skills and Morta's skills and decided that Morta was going to be the computer guy. Because, sure, the command codes are locked out, but one thing that we know 100% for sure is working on this ship is the transporter. Yeah. So I'm guessing if the command code lockouts don't lock the transporter, yeah. the personnel files are probably still readable. He should read those. Then he would know he doesn't have a son. He don't know how. He sat in Picard's room and looked at his little laptop. And then he looked at the orange circuit panel. And then he looked at the crystal on the desk. Uh And then he tried to push the crystal against the orange panel and nothing happened. (laughs) 
There is literally a scene where he is greatly distracted by the fish. Yes. <laughs> you know, in the when they do the, oh, the Frangie whip their ass without even a fight. And then there's just scene after scene after scene of the Frangie embarrassing themselves. Yes. One of them is the Captain uh, Damon Lurin or whatever, just fucking trying to put his head inside the fishbowl. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, he wants Riker to teach more to how to use the computer. And Riker starts making up a bunch of stuff to confuse him. And luckily, a skill we've never seen Riker have, and one that seems very unlikely given his reaction to the Elkars panel in Schisms, is that he can touch type on Elkars. That's uh... I'm sorry, that's insanity. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> he can blind hit those Elkars buttons to restore computer access to Picard. There's no feedback anywhere on that fucking flat screen. No, it doesn't beep. It's not haptic. Ugh. It's nothing. It's a piece of glass. Um, I mean, it does beep. The, the, the Frankie doesn't hear that with his great ears, but whatever. Well, I mean, just like sometimes... Sometimes people maybe won't notice you're scanning look, him, even though your tricorder is going woo, 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 and flashing. Look, everything fucking beeps on this ship. <laughs> um, uh, Picard makes a bunch of changes to the transporter so that he can turn it into a jail cell that deactivates weapons. And then the kids start playing tag with the Ferengi with comm badges. And every time they tap one of these guys, he gets beamed into that jail cell. Yeah. Uh, there's only two Ferengi left. They're both up on the bridge. So Picard heads on up. Um, and then Riker gives some kind of double hammer blow to Morta, even yeah. though Picard pretty much had it handled. <laughs> and yeah. then 12-year-old Picard heads in alone to point a phaser at Lurin. Yeah. That's it for the Ferengi, who are, of course, disavowed. <laughs> yep. We cut to the transporter room. Uh, Picard goes through the reversal process and comes out old, but well-rested from only having to shoot two scenes this week. Mm -hmm. And I guess Roe finally started to appreciate being a kid again because adult Guinan has come to get her because it's her turn to grow up, but instead she stays to color. It's incredible. So, Matthew, mm. what's this one about? Uh... Don't grow up too fast, man. So what? I gave it a two. I don't know. What do you think it was? A guy told us the whole episode. They play some Home Alone shit on these guys. They're trying to get that Home Alone money out here. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I had been studying it for seven days. I had the computer analyze it. I swear to you, it does not mean a thing. I'm glad you remember that that exists. You mean, what is the fucking premise here? Is it that youth is wasted on the young? Mm. Is it that if you had a better childhood, you would have liked being a child more? <laughs> well, <laughs> is it, would you take a second chance if one came along? Nah, they don't even care about that. This just like, there's nothing with a definite answer this week, and I'm blanking it. But they use so many child pranks, you know, like uh, RC cars and shit. Yeah, no, I, you're right. They 100% did child pranks. <laughs> they played tag. Were you not paying attention? This is good stuff. In terms of execution. Yeah, go for it. The episode has, at best, a few laughable moments. Mm. 
Otherwise, it moves from implausible event to implausible event. And the stakes are mostly, is Roe capable of having fun? <laughs> and can Picard command in a 12-year-old's body? Until suddenly the Ferengi burst in and it becomes Die Hard Jr. It was, honestly, if I hadn't seen and hated this episode for so long, like, it's insane the turn this episode takes. Yeah. But they did, like... The they all turned into kids isn't enough plot? I'm no, sorry, you enough. didn't write enough plot? Yeah, the ship then, has to be commandeered by Ferengi mercenaries or something? They need to give them kid-level villains to deal with. Yeah, like the Wet Bandits. These are the Wet Bandits. Yes, they give them the Wet Bandits. With, uh, but with way less menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's not a Joe Pesci among these guys. Uh, then, as you pointed out last week, this episode sidelines three of the best actors on the show, plus Rosalind Chow, who's never been the problem with any of these shows. Yeah. And instead, we get... There are six child actors this week. <laughs> six of them. so bad. Three of them, Picard, Guinan, and Alexander, are fine. Okay. Three of them let down the side. Sure. Sorry, little Molly. Oh, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's not really her fault, but it is true. And imagine bringing in a preteen actor and giving them the brief. Okay, so this is your second time being this age. But the first time, you grew up in the horrors of a refugee <laughs> camp under brutal Cardassian occupation. You know what that so means, So you're right? carrying a lot of trauma, and you can't have fun like capricious old soul Guinan. And expecting them to be able to do anything with that. Hey, I, uh, I saw your dad drove you in. Um, today. You like your dad, don't you? Yeah. Hey, what if, uh, I just want you to think about something for a second. What if some bad men, they grabbed your dad and they put a bag over his head? Right in front of you. They tied you up. You have to watch. And they just tortured him. And they they stabbed him and beat him. And, uh, say they took your mom. See, these bad men took your, like, wh how are you supposed to get this across to a little girl? Uh-huh. And also, I hope little Keiko's mom was on the set during the shooting. Mm -hmm. I hope she didn't have to do these scenes without, you know, parental guardians. Yeah. Miles Edward O'Brien, I am still your wife. Uh-oh. Also, imagine giving Riker a fake techno babble to fool the Ferengi scene, but not making sure Franks could get the words out of his swollen <laughs> mouth, out of his trombone I mean, they lips. They give him the worst techno babble of all time. They should have given him something much easier. <sighs> Look, uh, it's an automatic zero because of the no take, but Jesus. Yeah. Jesus well, Christ this week. Uh, well, we were in agreement because I gave it zero. So <laughs> I said, man, is this an example of the big swings TNG is going to be taking for the rest of the show? Embrace your damn childhood. Who wanted this? No one who asked for this. <laughs> it's just like, listen, they give us a lot of takes where we it you don't know what to do with, with them. Yeah. What the fuck are we supposed to do with what happened this week? Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, Matt. You uh, you must promise me that if you ever become 12. <laughs> I'll enjoy the ride. That you will live it to the fullest. <laughs> that you will have fun and not try to grow up so fast. You know, the way you did when you were 12. <laughs> you know, instead of playing Super Mario 2. Yeah, whatever. Right. 
that I had all that stuff about Crusher and Troy giving us the the breakdown when we came back from credits. Um, uh, look, once you decide the crew, are they going to be kids this week? You're kind of shit-fucked the whole way, but I did not like the weird mannerisms this kid Picard had that real Picard does not have. It's a weird, like, hunching and craning of his neck and walking like he's afraid he's going to step on a cat he can't see. Like, they're, they for sure, there's one, they did one thing, they're like, Picard pulls the front of his jacket, and so they yep. make sure that this kid is in a close-up when he pulls the front of his jacket. Yep, exactly. He does the Picard maneuver there, but the rest of it is just a bunch of weirdness. Like, hone your craft, kid actor. Jesus. Why is everyone immediately so worried about the forever of this transformation? Uh-huh. It's been an hour and a half, and everyone is like, my career is over. My That's marriage Trek, is man. over. But, like... Goddamn Counselor Troy couldn't sense emotions for 18 minutes, and she's, and she's like, like, I'm I here resigned. to resign my commission. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's been 20 minutes, and I haven't heard any of your idiot fucking emotions in my head. I'm done with hey, this. Hey, take a beat, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did they forget the transporter is magic? Just like <laughs> fucking pile everyone back onto that thing and hit some buttons. It'll sort itself out. Hey man, those plants? They became seedlings. Uh-huh. You get it. You see listen, what we're saying? What, listen, this magical thing that is in human DNA. It's not DNA, sorry. It's but not. it's in the human body. Right. And it if you remove it. The transporter will rebuild you as a pre-adolescent version of yourself. Uh-huh. It's in plants too, man. This is an old part of life on Earth. It's probably in fungi and all that. Yeah. So you get it. Seedlings. <laughs> yeah. Like we had to do another round of her explaining what was happening because the first one was so dumb. We don't need an analogy. No, we saw them. All the adults became children. That's what I'm saying. Why are we doing this again? It's literally like, no, it's still not well explained, though, because it's bullshit. It's not clues, We gotta do it again. It's not. My moss grew weird, and also, there's something wrong with the clocks. Get Gates back. We're doing another one. I don't think it's clear yet what's happening. We gotta make sure everyone knows. I don't care where she is. You get Gates now, damn it. Uh, Everything about the Ferengi plot is wild trash. During the entire engagement, Riker orders phasers fired exactly one time. Yes. Excellent stuff. When they're boarded, he jumps out of the way of nothing. Uh Rolls around on the ground for a minute. And then orders the command functions to be locked out. What what did he jump out of the way of? Nothing happened. Was there supposed to be a phaser animated in there? Do you remember when uh, some terrorists fucking beamed onto the Enterprise Bridge and action star Patrick Stewart fucking... <laughs> just wallops the dude, the just main Just chiropractor dude. the dude completely. <laughs> yep. Just cured that dude's IBS entirely. <laughs> and Riker just dives out of the way of zero people. No one's even looking at him. Ugh. Worf misses both Ferengi with his shot and then gets cold iced. He's lucky that was on stun, and why was it? Why was it on stun? Hey, uh, fire everyone, man. Fire the whole staff. Fire them. Yeah. They're all the worst. This is for sure on Odo's little pad when Worf comes to complain about security on (laughs) D-Space. He mentions (laughs) this incident. Yep. And he mentions that Worf looked very dumb. (laughs) Says, you shot. The guy avoided your He ducked under your fucking shot. 
Did you read Picard's log? I did. It said you looked a fool. <laughs> said you didn't even know how phasers worked. You somehow fired it slower than other phasers. The guy just ducked right out of the way. Two uh, Ferengis standing right next to each other and you didn't hit either one. <laughs> they were like one big target. I ask again, were they trying to get some of that Home Alone money? What was happening in this? <laughs> Home Alone was 1990. Like, people had already seen it by now. We were good. To, there might have already but, been a Home Alone 2. I don't know. But nothing Picard did was trap-based. Well, no, but there's just a lot of, like, oh, we're going to stop the Wet Bandits with our kid bullshit. Uh-huh. Yo, that Ferengi was so distracted by the RC car that it's worse <laughs> than any 1990s RC car. Like, how did he know that that wasn't a little fucking gonk droid or something and that they're all over Federation starships and they're probably just Roombas? He, he had to fucking follow it up the corridor. Follow it up the corridor. And then bring it back in his hands. <laughs> and crawls on the ground on the ground trying like, to figure it out. Hey, I, I was tasked to guard the transporter room, but I am going to keep fucking with this thing. These are the guys that whipped the Enterprise's ass. Again, worse than any 90s RC car. They could have pulled any car off the shelf and it would have been better. What did they make? What the fuck now was that? Now you understand the title of this Zoom meeting. <laughs> well, I didn't even really see what it's called here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was the animal, basically. It was The, the animal would have been way more competent I than this just, fucking thing. How do they always make it worse than modern, regular, everyday technology? Uh-huh. Um, anyway, that guy sat tinkering with that RC car for like a week. Um, yeah. Then the other Ferengi was hella distracted by that molecule toy. <laughs> he really was. It was just a series of scenes of the Ferengi just, like, being dumb. But, like, they already showed you guys getting your asses kicked by the Ferengi. Listen, man, Ferengi kids don't got nothing but spreadsheets. I know. It's the only thing they got is spreadsheets. That, Sorry, this execution... What did you give me for Christmas, Mom? Oh, QuickBooks. <laughs> Oh, I got QuickBooks. Oh, you you extended my subscription to QuickBooks. That's great. Thank nice. you. Another year, great. Thank you. Thank thank Grandma for the extended credit tracking. <laughs> great. I, it's important. I know my fight my FICO score. I am nine. Uh, this execution section is my longest section of the week, by the way. Um. Uh. Then the crew enlists child soldier Alexander without hesitation. Oh yeah. They're just like, risk it all, buddy. Risk it all this week. <laughs> Listen, man, all of those other kids and their various Marissas, uh -huh. they were just cowering in a corner. But Picard knows one thing about Alexander, and that is that he once tried to rescue two Corvin Gilvos during uh, an attack. You're right. He did go down there to save those Gilvos and almost get everybody yeah. fucking killed down there. He's the only kid on this ship with Gramba. I guess so. I guess that's true. Even though he definitely does not want to be a warrior, he will tell everyone. No. Nah, but he'd love to... This dude would love to be in an Ocean's Eleven-style heist crew. <laughs> well, he got Alexander, his chance. are you kidding? He got his chance. He holds that combat just right, so when the guy picks it up, he has to squeeze it. Uh-huh. He's got it in his hand in a way where it won't go off, mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, no one would have cared if you'd been holding it normal. <laughs> hey, Brian Bonsall. You knocked it out of the park again, kid. Okay, then this other Ferengi. He gets yelled at by a child so hard that he does whatever he says, including bringing oh. him straight to the bridge. 
<laughs> he doesn't put the butt of his gun right in little Picard's mouth. Nope. And then I say again, Damon Lura or whatever his name is, just fucking trying to get his head inside the fishbowl. They make all of the Frankie in the episode extremely dumb after the Enterprise is taken without any fight. Listen, man, it makes perfect sense that Nog can't read. <laughs> yes. Yeah, these in are the guys. One, first couple seasons of Deep Space Nine. Uh, again, maybe the all-time worst techno babble scene when Riker has to explain the computer to Morda or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. When he starts talking about the Ramostats, kill a quad or cal- whatever. Cal- and you're like, yeah, or the bilateral calilacterals. Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I know it's nothing. Yep. I look, I don't speak Huttese, but I know that ain't it. That's right, exactly. Uh, yo, man, in this last scene, Guinan's talking to Ro like an, like she's an actual five-year-old. She uh-huh. tells her, Crans can take you to more places than starships. And then she talks to her the same way she talked to Clara, an imaginary friend. Imaginary friend. What Is if that- this had been the, the only F-bomb in this whole series had been little Ro saying to Guinan, I'm fucking 30. <laughs> like, she knows she's an adult woman, right? Like, remember when Troy and Crusher and everyone told us about how they were still adults with adult minds? She knows Roe has killed people before, right? Mm, she's killed people, and worse than that, she's fucked Commander Riker. She's had sex recently with Commander Riker, and she's... Yo, man, she's a terrorist or whatever. Uh-huh. She's been to jail. <clears throat> Been, she did hard time, man, at one of those, <laughs> one of those New Zealand style. She was camps. she was digging up a new hobbiton in New Zealand, just like <laughs> Tom Paris for sure. Yeah, sorry. So I talked a long time, but it's a zero. Yeah. Well, what about world building? Uh, Marlonia. That's where they did the grave robbing or whatever fucked up again neo imperialist <laughs> right. shit they always do around here. They probably blew up the sun when they left. <laughs> Eat shit. They weren't using it. Uh, dang, man, that shuttle's back seats don't even have, like, backs on them. Yeah. Let alone safety belts. I don't think when they built that Type 6, it was supposed to have four people in they it. Shouldn't, they should have brought a different shuttle then. Yeah. How did they, they didn't even... invent runabouts yet, but it should have been a runabout for I sure. I don't know how they call that safe. That was bonkers. And um, it flew right into an energy field, so. Yeah. As always. Um, like I said, these are some mean Ferengi with phasers. Too bad Quark didn't hire these guys for his little raid. I mean, they would have fucking bungled it, too. Yeah. There, that, with as much clutter as there was on Empok Nor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were just tripping all oh, over yeah. the place. Damon Lurin would have got his head caught in a crate. <laughs> Morta would have uh, weekended Bernie's himself. Yeah. Um... What's up with the school computer, though? Why should that computer say no to internal schematics and yes to picture of the inside of the Enterprise? What kind of yeah, bullshit well, computer is computer, this? Matt. So it wants you to gotta gotta make the kids like dumber. Around it. Yeah, <laughs> gotta make all the kids dumber because it's a child's computer. I can't do that. Would you like to see some colors? Would you like to learn <laughs> the names of some colors or whatever? <laughs> it's really some extremely elementary shit. Uh, I think these Ferengi. Like, somehow, they're going to get word out to their space lawyers or whatever that, like, you got to kill all children on Federation ships. Oh, yeah. Because they are enemy combatants and sometimes even commanders. Oh. Uh-huh. Sometimes like, it'll trick you, and it turns out that a kid is running the show. Like, don't be fooled. Next time you steal a Federation ship and there's kids on board, you ice them immediately. 
Yeah, there was no good stuff in this section either. I gave it a one. Um, there's a different DNA-like thing <laughs> waiting to be discovered that controls aging, and without it, the transporter makes everyone 12. Too bad no one thought to fuck with it in unnatural selection. <laughs> no. Also, no. weird energy, Ferengi pirates, the black market for ships, Vendendrium or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a one. <laughs> um, yeah, characterization. Picard seems to be much less tempted by his non-Starfleet hobbies when push comes to shove. Like, he's a guy who loves to talk about, oh, I wish I could just become an archaeologist. But then, like, we see, like, quite a few times yeah, that he actually really doesn't. That He just says that stuff to seem interesting. People call his bluff all the time on that shit. People show yeah. up out of the blue and they're yeah, like, Yeah, dude's oh, gonna show up with a fucking curling nexus and it's intact and everything. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, hey, come with me on this little mission. Just take a sabbatical. And Picard's gonna be like, nah. It's like, <laughs> just the whole, you can see on his face, like, how do I get rid of this weird old man? <laughs> it's, yeah, you're right. He's, it's just lip service. He, he just yeah. wants people to know he has hobbies. Exactly. Um, Guinan doesn't sure doesn't have a lot of sympathy for Roe about her busted ass childhood, huh? No, she's like, but when you did have a bed, I bet yeah. you were a jumper. Yeah, this just becomes one of those lessons she's gonna teach someone whether they want her to or not. <laughs> but what is the lesson that she's trying to teach Roe? A better childhood is possible, but you're not really gonna get it? No, you didn't get a chance at it, but you could have, maybe, you know, if circumstances were different. Uh and Roe resists having fun, but like in the jumping on the bedway, which makes sense for someone with an adult brain. <laughs> Kids don't like playing Uno because they don't have enough special age DNA. You know? <laughs> it's not like, oh, now that you're 12 again, you probably want to play Uno. You probably don't have any other interests. Yeah. And Keiko just has to go through it this week, but they stopped checking in with her after that sick Molly burn, so... <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have any learn. more emotional scenes. She is no, in the capers. She doesn't have any more. Yeah, she's part of she's part of the caper team, and we will talk about the role that she plays there. Yeah. In my quick hitters, um, it's like a three. Okay. Like, eh, we already knew Picard was like this. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it a three as well. Uh, Ro took a botany class at the academy. I guess. She's mad about being a kid again because she hated her childhood, but then she takes to it because Guinan made her. I don't know. Guinan says her dad is 700. Yeah. Um, she takes to this whole being a kid thing in an extreme way. At first I thought it was a way to help Row out, but like, nah, it definitely seems like something was going on with Guinan this week. She's got her own shit. We did not figure out what it was at all. No one asked. I love Riker screaming at O'Brien to do his damn job and beam the shuttle crew up when like O'Brien's wife is one of the passengers. He fucking uh -huh. knows, man. And he's not yet at the stage where he's trying to accidentally kill Keiko. Accidentally. No, I, he, like, power play messed up their relationship. I'm certain of that. <laughs> but you don't. And then. Do you think he's trying to offer, though? No. I don't. But I don't uh, he's at that stage yet. This ain't, this ain't helping either. This, this thing that happened <laughs> this week, like, she is always going to remember. Like, she gets it. 
that she was 12. I'm sure she gets it, but like she is also always going to remember that when she fucking just needed a hug, yeah. he could not stand to touch her. He was like, uh-oh. Yeah, man, what if she had like an accident and she was disfigured or something? Mm-hmm. She, she can't now she runs that scenario through her in her mind just like nah he won't be there for me he's not gonna be he's not gonna be good yeah. when i need him to yeah she knows you man you're done <laughs> you showed your true colors bud you guys should no one should get married out in space it's a bad idea um he looks at 12 year old keiko like she might be a cardi spy <laughs> he must have known about how the cardis plant so hella good spies yeah, I guess. He looks at this girl like, what the fuck are you up to? Uh, when Riker took command, I just whispered out loud, aliens everywhere, watch the fuck out. <laughs> He's shooting whoever comes by. They run into yeah, anyone out there. It turns out this time, he doesn't even order Worf to fire the phasers except for the one time. He got very confused by all the shaking. It was very clear. I, well, he was like, why would Klingon ships be attacking us? Oh, I'm so lost. I expected him to say out loud, why are we shaking? Um, Some kind of ambush. <laughs> After it's all done. After they've all been huddled into the middle of the fucking bridge. I'm go, that looks like we were ambushed. Um, Picard is worried about his career, even though the amount of time they are kids in this episode outside of the Ferengi invasion is about 18 hours. Yep. Just fucking chill. Alexander. Honestly, I'm not sure a whole night passes. The only reason we think one might is because Molly's in bed at some point. Yeah. She could be napping, man. Little babies nap all the time. Alexander risks it all, not for the last time. I assume for his father's approval, which he will not get. <laughs> Saddest boy. not even going to find out what happened. Saddest boy in the entire galaxy. He's going to, Worf's going to get back up from the surface and he's not going to want to talk about the Ferengi shit at all. No. And Alexander's going to be like, I helped you Captain Picard. You should have seen it, Dad. Me and Captain Picard stopped the Ferengi. And he's going to... I held like, a in a special way. And when the Ferengi man took the combat, she got beamed into jail. <laughs> he's going to say something like, you should not have allowed the ship to be taken in the first place. <laughs> a warrior would not have allowed the ship to be captured in the first place. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just laying there, Ferengi, you're kicking at him. <laughs> Uh, Keiko's just part of the commando team after the scene where she tries to work it with Miles. Um, I wonder what Troy was up to during the whole Ferengi invasion. Yeah, we don't know. Was it Saturday? Did the Ferengi invade on the weekend? read them, right? Because their brains got too many lobes. Yeah, she probably didn't know they were there at all. I'm saying this must have been a Saturday. She just wasn't working, and she was just just doing her own thing. The whole time, they never even checked. (laughs) She she gets out of there. She doesn't understand what all the hubbub's about. He's just taking a mud bath or something. She gets out like, huh? Everybody's acting weird. Oh, the weird. kids are adults again. Cool. What's going on? Happy I, Monday, uh, everyone. I talked to Picard in his quarters, and then I went to the holodeck, and now everyone's acting hella weird. What's going on? They take her out of every episode. At some point, Troy disappears from every fucking episode. Seems that way. So yeah, just a three. Uh, Quick hitters. They didn't even really use any tricks on these Ferengi, man. They just came up behind them. Yep. It's not even like a good scheme or anything. There's like three times they just come up behind them and they're like, ha ha, gotcha. It's, <laughs> it's a it. kind of trick. It's not much. With Honestly, with his many 
intersecting corridors as there are on the Enterprise, you'd think there'd be those little hemispherical mirrors. Oh, yeah, you need those. Up on the walls, so you would see if someone was coming down the corridor and you wouldn't run right into them. Yeah. Spill your hot chocolate all over them. Either that or you gotta start yelling, corner. <laughs> You're coming around. Coming through. Corner. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Ro, Guinan, and Keiko each just walked up behind one of these absolute fucking mouth breather cartoon fucking idiot Ferengi. Alexander just handed the guy a comm badge. Ugh. Marjan heard my score. I told her how many points I'd given this episode and angrily said, everything was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, man, this hit exactly right with her. She's like, boom, that's what I want. This is a perfect example of what I want from Star Trek. (laughs) Shit, man, it was her opinion about Star Trek was part of the reason we started this project. We should blame if I'd her. known that she thought Rascals was a perfect episode, I'm not sure this would have ever happened. <laughs> well, we don't even need to debate that. There's We'd still be giving each other dumb quizzes. Yeah. Yeah, we are, we are allowed to blame her a little bit for the years lost <laughs> to this. What about you, quick ones? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... I like to think that the writers went back and forth on how much dialogue it would take to make it seem believable that these four people were on the same shuttle mission. <laughs> like, plant chat, yes. Shards, sure. Do we need a scene where Guinan explains what she's doing there? Have her say the planet's beautiful. That's gonna be enough. <laughs> yep. So we don't have time. We need to get right into it. We've got a big right reveal coming two in plots. Act 3. We got two plots this week. <laughs> I know everyone at home is going to think this is the plot, but it is not the plot. Um, When they beam in, they're wearing... All their clothes look baggy. Sure. Is it too established that the transporters, I guess, didn't change the size of the clothes? And also when they go to change back, Picard has put on his old baggy uniform again. Yeah. However, when we immediately cut to them in sickbay, they are wearing perfectly fitting miniature outfits. Miniature versions of their previous outfits. Step one. Who, Riker took them straight to the fucking tailor. Yeah. The very first thing they did when they got to sickbay was replicate smaller versions of the exact outfits they were wearing before. <laughs> like, Guinan was like, yeah, make the make the sensor dish. Make the, make the radar dome on my hat 60% smaller, too. <laughs> Scale it all. They all did it. Can't wear the same hat. Smaller hat, please. That's right. Yep. Yeah, Keiko same, said... Same, no, same color, same cut. Different. Just make a new one. Keiko in my new size. Like, actually, the outfit I was wearing was already for a little girl, so this is fine. Like, they just fucking went to a tailor from some weird race we've never seen on the ship somewhere, and they fucking scanned their little bodies with tricorders and made them uniforms that fit. Huh? Before they went to sickbay. Before they went to sickbay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that only mega nerds recognized Renee from family as yeah. young Picard prior to streaming, but it does stand out. Oh yeah. That was definitely something that I've noticed. I mean, for as long as I can remember having seen this episode, they were like, Hey, get the kid that is canonically part of Picard's family. It's credible that Picard might've looked something like that. Right. And then also, you know, it was pretty fun when he was like, I'm not your uncle. That's right. That, that was, was a fun scene that everybody loved, even though he introduced the idea by saying, you must be my nephew. Yeah, that was, 
That was a, a weirdly well-written scene. It's always very rare when that happens. <laughs> that happens, and you go, what the fuck? Just a surprising scene where you're like, huh. I get a little bit mad. That. Like, yeah. I don't know why in my head. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? What is this bullshit? Why did they write a good thing? Um, When Picard gets up there and starts giving orders, Data should be better than Ensign No Lines at adjusting to what's going on, right? It shouldn't be that he has to... Uh, do a thing and then take a pause and look over sheepishly and say, sir. Whereas Ensign what's her nut just as soon as Picard says, uh, move the ship here and do that. She goes, yes, sir. And just does it. <laughs> yep. He's an emotionless robot. He should be real good at this situation. Yeah, I think I did just come up with the only good thing about this episode. And it's that data is basically not in it. <laughs> I mean, he really is a non-factor in this whole episode. Presumably he's down there mining hell of vendor. He's their best miner. I think down there. He's probably been, uh, they've given him extra privileges. He's kind of starting to buy into the Ferengi thing. He almost joins their crew, I think. <laughs> you think he would have put one of those um, head neck shields on? <laughs> Just on his hair in the back of his Just head. Just on his hair. And it would have um, changed into their dumb, shiny fabric outfits, for sure. Yeah, put on a little mariachi jacket and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither one of these girls are going to get drafted with this vertical leap. No, no, not at all. I can go higher. Mm. You're both kind of John Maddening it. Yeah. Hey, also, if you say to someone, but you had a bed sometimes, <laughs> you're the villain, and you need to walk away and think about that. If someone has said to you, I uh, usually didn't have a bed, and yeah, you, you said, stop saying you things. had one sometimes. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> what you say in that situation is, you want to go get a hoagie? You just change yeah. the subject. You're done or with even, that conversation. Yeah, or even, all right, what do you want to do? <laughs> you win. All right, you got it. What do you want to do? You going to go to the holodeck and shoot phasers on the phaser range? I'm really good at it. I'm going to stop trying to convince you to do things because uh, you've earned a privilege for life. Because you didn't have do- a bed. Is this part of Picard's personality, Matt, or is it a Starfleet protocol that when you hear, if you're responding to a red alert klaxon, you have to look over and then close your book, close your old book that you've been reading. Don't leave it sitting open during a red alert. Well, he remembers that time uh, Wesley left that book full of nanites open. (laughs) They got out of that nanites (laughs) book. (laughs) He's got to close that shit. It's responsible. I uh, hear I've written Die Hard Babies. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fucking insulting that they didn't bring Marissa and Jay Gordon back to form part of Picard's strike team. Yeah, that would have been fucking weird because they did not do a lot of continuity back then. Would have been yeah. hella weird if the Marissa fucking walked on, walked into that classroom. It was if like, Picard so what do we do, said, Captain? Just said to Ro, this is Marissa, this is Jay Gordon. <laughs> I trust them. <laughs> They're the best crew I've ever had. <laughs> These guys helped me get out of a tight spot. We sang Frere Jacques. And now, this is Patterson. <laughs> I guess Picard had their parents transferred so no one would ever know about that little adventure. I mean, that's a good strategy. It's worked for captains, at least since Kirk's time. <laughs> Something weird happened? Fucking transfer them. Here's where I wrote, I know they had better RC cars than this thing in 1992. I wish they'd busted out the animal. Exactly right. This is like they got the world's shittiest RC car, and then they made it shittier by, like, basically it was just one big bumper. Yeah. 
Like, what if it was <laughs> Make like, it... a bumper car? Hey, uh, hey, this thing's supposed to have a very lightweight car-shaped plastic shell. Uh, you put there's too much shit on it. It can barely drive now. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there's no way in hell Picard was going to be busted by this Ferengi for calling Riker number one, and it's dumb that they threw that in for us. I mean, the whole episode is comic relief already. You don't need to do a little bit in here. Yeah, he's my number one dad. Mm. They made Keiko knock this guy out with a hypo spray. Uh-huh. Why? Is it because she doesn't wear a com badge? And they were like, well, where's she going to get a com badge to make him beam away? There's never a com Let's badge give her a hypo spray so she can knock him out. Yeah, I guess. Because everyone else is just playing tag. But uh, she's got to come up and knock a guy out for some reason. I wonder how long that guy was out. It's a good question. Yeah, because they, I don't think they beamed him into that tra- that transporter prison. Uh, Alexander grabbed two random hypo sprays from sickbay. Who knows what was in those? That guy might be dead. It's true. They pumped him full of something. That guy's blood has turned into a synthetic polymer. They pumped him full of whatever Crusher's first attempt to cure this uh, child thing with science was. He probably fucking aged and died. Lucky it didn't just get him all roided up. Oh, wait, <laughs> ah, shit. Keiko, you shot him full of nothing but PCP. Just pure PCP. <laughs> well, he took off all the bulkheads. This is going bad. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a nice touch that they had little Picard put on the baggy clothes again before he went through the transporter. Although, in retrospect, they probably shot those two scenes at the same time. They, yeah, they must have, because otherwise that scene in Sick Bay don't make no sense at all. Um, so Starfleet just discovered the Fountain of Youth, huh? It's very important, and you can be sure that someone is going to write it down and keep it. They've got a way to turn you into a 12-year-old again. If you're a 30-year-old Bajoran woman, or a 30-year-old human woman, or a 60-year-old human man, or a 500-year-old Elorian. <laughs> yep. All of you, it turns Works you 12. Works on everyone. That's all it does, turns you 12. Yeah. This should be a free treatment that people are <laughs> using all the time. It should be nothing but 12-year-olds. It's true. Everyone, the humans become known as the race of children. Yeah, and they're like, Don't oh, be yeah, fooled, well, they're still adults, though. It doesn't matter because they still have their same personalities and identity. So yeah, everyone is very clear with that about that point. I've been told that many times about the humans. We have a law about it that you can't turn yourself twelve again until you reach the age of thirty. But that's honestly just because people like still like the movie Logan's Run. <laughs> uh, I really struggled to find a best actor for this one. I thought Beverly gave the most normal performance. I mean, they put her in two big explainy scenes because one yep. wasn't good enough. And for worst actor, take your fucking pick, man. There's kids, there's Ferengis, you know, there's Riker. There's take Data. Your, take your pick. Yeah. Okay. So that was the worst TNG episode yet, right? Uh, it was the worst TNG episode ever, but also by, I think, five points. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh... No, four points. Times arrow scored a 14. Rascal scored a 10. Yeah. Yeah. And only uh, six episodes have ever scored worse than a 10 out of, at this point, 572 scored episodes. So So that was TNG's big shot at the bottom. Rascals is really, truly, in the bottom 2% of all episodes. I mean, I've always known that in my heart, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's in the bottom 2% of all Star Trek episodes. Uh, we were real far apart on Voyager. I gave it a 14 and you gave it a 5. Uh, it's going to come in second place this week. One point behind the Magnificent Ferengi, which I gave 8 and you gave 12. Yeah. So we were apart on those. We were pretty much in agreement that Rascals was trash. And um, yeah, well, the winner it this got week... a zero combined in execution. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's not so good. Last one to do that was Atlas. <laughs> I mean, that was execrable. Also scored 10, by the way. It was not that long ago. No. Just nine but weeks. was there another zero in execution yeah. before that? Let he who is yeah. without sin. Let in, he who uh, is without... I don't even remember DS9, what that one was. Which is... Uh... Is that the one where... Uh... Nah, it can't be the one where Cisco glasses a planet, is it? Can nah, it? I don't think that was what that was called. Man, which one? Uh, now I gotta know. DS9. Uh, he... uh, Bound. Bound, the episode, I think, of Enterprise. Oh. That's the one. Is that the one where uh, Archie hey, just tied, tied T-Ball's rack? That got a zero in execution. No, it wasn't. It was Bound, not the one um, with the uh, the green ladies. Mm, what are they called? Oh. Orion ladies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well. You will not be surprised that Let He Who Is Without Sin is the one where Worf gets in a fight with his girlfriend and becomes a terrorist. Oh, that's called Let He Who Is Without Sin? Yeah, yeah, zero. For sure. <laughs> of course we uh, wait, zero execution points. Waking Moments, our so far yeah. lowest scoring episode uh, yeah, of all time, know. got a zero in everything but characterization. <laughs> and um, I think that's... No, no, there are more. There are just more and more Harbinger and Enter- Enterprise episodes. I mean, there have been a lot of bad execution. Fascination, of... the Deep Space Nine. It's not the Deep Space Nine <laughs> episode where everybody falls in love with one of the other members of the crew, uh, and it's canonically revealed that they have those feelings. It could be. I mean, not long before that, there was the Omega Glory episode. Space Nazis. episode I did enjoy watching, but could not have earned any points. Um, ooh. Uh, ooh. But before, that's the only, that's the first one. Yeah, so, I think yeah. when we first ran into Omega Glory, we were like, we did it. <laughs> we found the worst one. <laughs> Turns but, like, out we did not. There was so much ground. Waking Moments was still ahead of us, and yeah. I mean, shit. There's um, there's still thirty six Voyagers left, yeah. and uh, or thirty five, thirty six. And I always have to point out that I did give Living Witness zero points. Yes, that is my personal low. Yeah, it's zero well, and can only be tied. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, oh, rough week. Deep Space Nine, um, you know, is now only seven back of Next Generation. Looks good for Deep Space Nine to make up at least some points in the next two seasons, next season and a half. How Just about next given week? Given the terrible TNG episodes that are coming next week. <laughs> it's, it's a fistful of datas. Next week Did we're watching a fistful that of datas. Rascals came right before a fistful of datas. Holy it's shit! Fucking, listen, it makes sense. Is quality of life the exocomp episode? Yeah, I think that's the exocomp. Okay, so there's that'll a, be uh, about there's a something. chance that that'll score some fucking points. It's got to be about something, right? Yeah. Right? Next week, fist fistful of datas. Alexander again. Holodeck misadventures. Brent Spiner plays forty roles. Mm. Worf's the sheriff in the old west. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one, man. Troy does an accent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deep Space Nine Waltz. That's a Gul Dukat episode. It's our first check in on Gul Dukat. 
Yeah, right? it's, uh, it's uh, probably the last time we see him before he tries to become the uh, canonical Bajoran devil. You so you got to feel good about D-Space Nine's chances next week against Fistful of Data's The Wild Card, mm-hmm. Sunkatse, for yes. Voyager, featuring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That should be... something? Probably not points. It probably won't be pointsy, but it'll be interesting. Those are the episodes you should watch if you're watching along at home, which we now know no one is. I cannot believe. I cannot believe we have to watch A Fistful of Data next week. (sighs) All right. Listen, it's mostly bad episodes of TNG from here on out. Yeah. We got Birthright is not far away. Birthright is eight episodes out. Nine episodes out. Oh, what a piece of shit. We're going to have to talk about Worf. We're going to have to sit down and finally have a talk about Worf. Finally talk about his crimes? Starship Mine. Lessons. Yeah. Frame of Mind. Suspicions. (laughs) Second Chances. Too many Rikers? Yeah. I don't even remember what Timescape is. That's the one where the Romulan ship and the Enterprise are stuck in the frozen time. Very cool. Yeah, okay. bunch of bad stuff coming. All right, everybody got that to look forward to. Anyone who's stupid enough to listen to this, uh, we've just told you how bad it's going to get. So <laughs> you thought up until now it was pretty bad, but no, it's going to be worse. Um, that's it. We are uh, send us mail or don't uh, as uh, as you believe. So shall you do. So shall you do as you believe. As you believe. So shall, so shall you, you do. do. Hey, this is on Pittsburgh you. Penguins. <laughs> this idea of Pittsburgh Penguins interests us. <laughs> Please subscribe.